This is the Nexus Special, Episode 57, New Year's Special 2017, on Saturday, January 6th, 2018. And now, the Decade of Blockchain. And, Happy New Year! This Nexus Special is hosted by Ian R. Buck, Brian Mitchell, and Ryan Rampersad. For the show notes for this episode, visit thenexus.tv slash ns57. Hey, Nexus Special. Yo. Hey. It's us again. We're back. From some year in the past. I mean, that's not really something that you can say, though, because I don't remember the last time that the three of us specifically were on a Nexus Special. I being... Nexus Special, I don't know. I'm sure... I was in the studio with the three of you, like, only a month ago. That was an extra dimension. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm Ian Buck. Ian R. Buck. I'm Brian S. Mitchell. (laughs) I've never gone by that. Just, I'm Brian Mitchell. Or Brian Mitch L. If you're looking for me on Twitter. (laughs) I'm Ryan Rampersad. Yay. And we just survived 2017. We did it. Uh, So what went into 2017? What What did we get out of it? We're about to talk about all of the biggest things that happened in the tech world, yeah? That we could think about. That we could, yeah, exactly. Remember. I'm sure we're missing quite a lot of things. Oh, yeah. This, so when we were making this list, I realized that we're probably listing a lot of things that happened later in the year because that's what we can remember, and we probably missed a lot of stuff. Like, I don't even remember what happened CES a year ago. Yeah, but so my perspective on that is if I don't remember now, it probably wasn't that important. Yeah. Actually, what I remember about CES was that I did have a friend, Snuffy, who went to CES, and I was like, oh, we should like send you with a microphone, and then you can... Eh, eh, and then I forgot. You know, yeah, we, yeah, we didn't follow up at all. That's how it goes. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we used to make like fake episodes where we pretended that we were at CES. Yeah, uh, and you did? Yeah, and Aww. now we, we even had like a whole intro with like there car is... noises in the background, and we were like trying to find a place to park. It was awesome. There were other episodes where I went to the Microsoft booth mm-hmm. to get lunch, but mm-hmm. there was actually no Microsoft booth that year, <laughs> which is part of the joke. Yep, yeah. Um, so um, we, we embellished a little bit. I stole Matt's plane ticket. I think you one did. time. Yeah, yeah. It was wow. great. <laughs> he was 15 great. minutes late. I had to send somebody. You know, back when back when this network was actually fun and you know not serious. Wait a second. Wait. <laughs> I think this is a more fun episode. If anybody is listening to this and then wants to have a good time, go listen to the Associated Fringe episode. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's pretty excellent. Oh man. So the big major news pieces that we could remember from 2017 in the tech world. Uh, let's start with uh, a, a bummer, I guess. Net neutrality. These aren't in order, by the way, either, right? No, not in chronological order. Not in any order. <laughs> it's just whatever we thought of. <laughs> Pretty much. So, womp womp, net neutrality, going away. Defeated again. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty recent. That was yes. December. So. Yeah, so the timeline of things that happened in 2017 with net neutrality was, of course... Donald Trump was inaugurated in in January and immediately, you know, appointed a new head of the FCC, Ajit Pai, and he had already been talking about how much he disliked net neutrality and he was going to get rid of all the rules and yada yada yada. And so <clears throat> we knew that this was coming for quite a while. They had they they proposed the rule changes in the summer and there was like a i think it was a six week uh public comment period where you know all of us normal people could go and voice our opinions on net neutrality you know whether we view isps as like just um utilities or as you know like a luxury item or you know whatever um and that ended in mid july mid-august somewhere in there and during that time the russians came in and 
submitted oh my god <laughs> hundreds of thousands or even millions of fake comments yeah. all with random americans including like barack obama was in there <laughs> yeah. people's dead relatives were in there mm-hmm. yeah and so they've pretty much just said we're not going to th- consider the comments at all even though i think someone did a survey on or looked at some of it and of all the comments 90 percent of them or like 99 pretty much everyone was in support of net neutrality yeah yep and the they voted on it in mid-December, December 14th, I believe. And um, right. yeah, and I, I, I know these dates because I was teaching my Computer Tech 1 students about this and, and, you know, gave them updates throughout the semester as things were happening. And yeah, they predictably voted along party, party lines, uh, three to two, to repeal the uh, net neutrality rules going back from Title II classification uh, to the... Um, um it uh, what is it information information services i think instead of instead of telecommunication services right yeah yeah and uh if you want to learn a whole lot more about net neutrality we have an entire extra dimension episode about net neutrality which i need to go and update now that we have more information since you know so sad new news has happened new news that's ted 22 yes the extra dimension of 22 link in the show notes by the way yeah yep any any other thoughts on net neutrality so my perspective on this is it's said that it's gone, but there's potential in the future for better implementations of net neutrality. Right. Yeah. As it currently stands, it's definitely going to be a thing that like flip flops basically every time that we get a new president because right. the the party alignment of the FCC board flip flops. Which is supposed to not be on party lines, but... You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. You know how so, it is. so I think there's some other things about it just too. Like so judges. it's possible that it could be just a thing that both parties eventually ignore again. It, it's possible. We don't know. Yeah. Um, it's possible that um, it could go, it could its implementation could move to a new regulatory body. Um, so what I'm hoping is going to happen is at some point we'll actually have a Congress that can create some laws around net neutrality modern that good yeah that's actually going to you know supersede what the fcc can do right and i'd be okay with that i'd also um be a pretty big large pretty uh multi-massive conglomerate fan of breaking up some companies like right pretty Mm -hmm. big antitrust fan here yeah 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 um slash we could go back to like the approach uh from from back in the days of dial-up internet where you had line sharing requirements right right? um and and we could expand those line sharing requirements to broadband as well Um, so i got a good question so uh when uh at&t was broken up okay they called the split up companies the baby bells Mm -hmm. what do we call the baby comcasts um uh, little finities <laughs> okay then <laughs> that's the best i got for you on... x finities <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh good one did you hear that the fcc recently uh proposed wanting to classify any internet access that's at least 10 meg down one up as broadband so including cellular yep so like random hmm. 4g 3G coverage in the middle of nowhere would count as broadband. They could say, check, and then no one would ever have to build internet service there. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, uh. Anyway, but that's 2018 news. Yeah. We'll cover that next year. All right. So we just we just covered one bullet point of like 20 or 30 that we have here. So Okay. We'll, we'll get going. We're making good progress. So Apple relents. Uh, they, they had a roundtable thing 
last spring or summer or something where some people were invited to and they said, all right, uh, Mac Pro isn't great. We are making an iMac Pro, but since everyone's complaining, we're going to also make a Mac Pro later in 2018. Um, and then the iMac Pro came out, and we'll talk about that later. And it was a big admission of a gap in their lineup. And they... Yeah. And and a very rarely does Apple ever put themselves in a disadvantageous you tell me if that's the right word, uh situation in a PR stance. Okay. Um and yeah. this is one of the very rare times they did that and I think it worked for the most part. Yeah, and they basically admitted that um the the Mac Pro was designed around GPUs and, and application scaling for increased GPU performance, but it's really CPU bound still. So they yeah. didn't have any thermal headroom to put more beefy CPUs. And it was there, also you know. um, boxed into a corner in a trash can. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So so did they also talk about how, that, like, is their approach next time going to be centered around, like, Thunderbolt expansion again? We or are they going to they have... They said the Mac Pro will be uh, more modular. Okay. Like, well, we don't know. Did they say upgradable? Maybe they maybe just said modular. They said modular, but we don't know what modular means to Apple. That's true. Does that mean a socketed CPU? Or I mean, like the iMac Pro has a socketed CPU and uh, socketed RAM, but that's both only you can. You, they say you can't change the CPU and the RAM. You have to go to an authorized person for. Mm. So, like modular could mean user accessible, or you have to take it in somewhere. Right. Or, or does their be. modular, as as Ian said, does that just imply that there's 10 thunderbolt three ports somehow yeah we don't we just don't <laughs> yeah well i feel like they're gonna go more like a cheese gritter because the cheese gritter mac pro because the, the the trash can mac pro is so much you can't change much about the mac pro and it's all based on thunderbolt i just figured out what you mean by cheese grater mac pro <laughs> i love have you that i heard that before? i have not heard that before I, like i said before i'm not steeped in this whole like apple uh, yeah. history of their I hardware to atp and connected and <laughs> and upgrade and yeah you know, yeah that's, that's pretty good um the so any listeners who are listening to this cheese grater mean implying the aluminum uh grill on the front and back of the mac the old mac pro design mm-hmm. could almost look like a cheese grater yep yep Physically looks like one. Yeah. Uh, I got some Google news to counter that Apple news. Uh, we this year we finally got Android apps running on Chromebooks, like officially, which is good. It's, it's about time. It's pretty awesome. Now, what yeah. was that thing that Google said didn't say, but everybody rumored about? What was that new special operating system? Andromeda. Andromeda. All guess right. what didn't happen? Andromeda. Yes, but guess where? Kind of. Kind of ended up. In this thing. Yeah, basically. So so Andromeda was like their hypothetical merger between Android and Chrome OS. And it was, you know, going to be this like holy grail of, you know, ah, the greatest operating systems of all time becoming one or whatever. Uh, merging our mobile and our desktop environments into, into one. Um, <laughs> but really what it is is, yeah, I, I think that bringing Android apps to Chrome OS is like that's that's. A, a very good solution to this problem, um, and I and I love it because it it allows the user to kind of choose which which experience they want. You know, so often the creators of of these um, these different services will either put more effort, more attention into one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Their website or their mobile app. And it's kind of a toss-up on wh- which one it's going to be, depending on which which creator it is. Um, 
And and so you can choose on these new Chromebooks uh, whether you want to access like the desktop website version or the Android mobile version. Um, and so like my brother, you know, is able to, for example, use Netflix, uh, the Android app, because that allows him to mm. download movies, right? right. Um, which you cannot do on traditional desktop operating systems. Not for technical reasons, of course, but for, you know, um, business reasons. Uh, and, and, but then, you know, he can still use like google drive the you know website that has mm -hmm. more features and you know has a better layout and stuff like that yeah so yeah i haven't had the opportunity to experience apps on it or uh, chromebooks yeah one day maybe i might yeah and and of course i do need to sit him down and uh record an actual second opinion about that chromebook um <clears throat> i i did get a hold of it for long enough to download some apks and try and you know install stuff that isn't from the the play store and it told me that i was going to have to put the chromebook into developer mode in order to install that's cute. random a apks and i was like that's unfortunate what, what what happens if you're in developer mode so it, it like it gives you this big blaring like warning when you're first starting it up saying like hey we you know we we haven't checked to make sure that the kernel is you know a hundred percent okay and you know yada yada so you, you have to deal with that like every single time that you're turning on the chromebook um but i think other than that pretty much that is unfortunate but that's fine yeah yeah like i would totally do that but i don't think that it's a good it's it's not something that you would want to tell you know your typical yeah. user to go and, and turn that on right so because that would just freak people out let's talk about blockchain love blockchain i love blockchain what is blockchain <laughs> It's a different episode altogether. Yep. Something about chains and blocks. We'll do an extra dimension about that sometime. Yep. Yeah. But it's uh, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Being used in Everything. rather unconventional areas. It's used in every single thing that you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that happening in 2017? Right. What, is, what is this zeitgeist that's going on so, right now? So there's been a lot of stuff. Um, I don't know the name of the company. Um, some some kind of food thing, uh, Long, Long, Island, Long no. Island iced tea, oh. or something. They changed their name to Long Blockchain or something. Okay. And, oh, that's and, right. And all and all of their stocks like tripled or quadrupled. Yeah. Or <laughs> they went from iced tea to blockchain. <laughs> so and and then um yeah. and then I don't know the name of the company that owns Hooters, but they also did something with the word blockchain in a PR announcement, and their um. <laughs> You know, like their their mind share spiked for about a week. Um, and there's just there's just this thing. Yeah, because blockchain is so on brand for Hooters, you know. <laughs> um, well, and so and, and and so then of course you kind of dig deeper and you look at the implementation and you think, well, what what novel way is is a company like that, a restaurant, using blockchain to enhance the user experience of eating a meal? To which the answer is they're not. They're simply tracking um, loyalty points. In a blockchain, which has no advantage whatsoever. But they can use the lingo and get their stock to go up. Exactly. So so um, there's many companies, large and small, doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it might have been involved in some loose way with some turkeys somewhere. But we will not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, the implementation of blockchain that I'm used to hearing about is is bitcoin bitcoin and bitcoin also had some interesting stuff going on with it this year and many the, and many other uh, cryptocurrencies yeah mm -hmm. bitcoin went up to 15 grand per coin something huge i, I think it got up to 19 at one point Nin Jeez. um and then and so bitcoin's actually had a really weird year so in the past two months 
So since the beginning of November, you know, it shot past 10,000, it shot past 12, it got up to 13 and 14, and it's like, well, it's got to peak sometime. Right. And then it sort of peaked out a little bit. Once it hit 19, it dropped down to about 15, 16. Um, I don't know what it is today, but, um, you know, it, it's still very high, and it's still sort of, uh, it's a, wow, it's $1 off of 17. It's amazing. Wow. Um, so it's it's really, it's really worthy uh or well-valued coin but that also brings up a lot of problems so bitcoin right now because the utility for using it is so low now because it costs so much per coin mm. the transaction fees are astronomical so to oh, really? get your transaction to actually go through in a reasonable time like your transaction will go through in a few hours um maybe a day you know if it's <laughs> normally priced you know if your transaction's not a big deal but to get it to go in a few minutes mm-hmm. you know in that one hour window you need to pay a 25 dollar transaction fee oh boy and that's that's kind of, it kind of makes it useless for a normal person or for a normal transaction yeah um but then bitcoin's had some other weird stuff aside from the huge growth spike bitcoin also had a bunch of different forks for various reasons this year mm-hmm. so the block size is what dictates how many transactions, so how many people can all do some action at once okay. per block. And that block size was, you know, some one megabyte worth of space. And it could hold, I don't know how many transactions, let's just say a thousand. Okay. Well, to get more throughput into the system, you need to make the block size bigger. And so then there became block or Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin something else, and then there's more Bitcoin variations all over the place i really have to ask how did they spell cash was it c-a-c-h-e or c-a-s-h uh the, the normal way that's not helpful ryan <laughs> <laughs> that's the point ian <laughs> so so bitcoin's had a, a wild year and um i would expect bitcoin uh to have a ripple effect mm-hmm. uh in the tangle of cryptocurrency okay no, you didn't get it. Okay. No, wait. What? Uh, no, don't worry. I guess I wasn't it. paying that much attention. That's good. Don't pay attention. It's bad for you. Uh, so Amazon. Yes. And Google. Yes. They don't yeah. like each other. No, they never what? have. So weird thing happened earlier this year. Suddenly, all of the Google products, like Google Homes mm-hmm. and Google Chromecasts and googly things like that, disappeared from the Amazon website. I feel like the Chromecasts have never ever been on on Amazon. Though. They were. That's where They're... I bought my first one. Oh really? Oh okay. really? Okay. Huh. Yeah. So this and is... they disappeared, huh. and it was an outrage, and then Could it didn't they? matter. Well, they're cause... back now, right? Well, well, I think that's I a good question. Of, I thought some of the Google stuff came back once. So uh, the Amazon Prime app was released on Apple TV in late December, and uh, Amazon started selling the Apple TV on Amazon. Well, of course. Uh, once that app was released, and I think some Google stuff came back too. Mm-hmm. That's true, it did. Um, and some other strange things happened. Uh, YouTube. Well, I, I would I would like to note that this kind of this feud goes back a little farther than that, though, because I remember in 2014 mm-hmm. when I was trying to like you know watch videos that I had bought through Amazon Video, and I was like, oh wait, the Amazon Video app isn't available in the Google Play Store, right? right? I had to go and download the APK from Amazon directly, and you know, yada yada, jump through the and hoops. that and that that was more of so, in my opinion, and I and I don't know the interior details. That always seemed like a um, a way to get around having the thirty percent markup, right? I don't think that applies. 
It applies to any digital items, which includes videos. I don't think that applies to Google Apps. Because you can buy whatever you want from any... You can you can download the regular Amazon app and nobody cares. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's um, stuff through the system way of doing it. So like like Apple in app purchases takes thirty percent, and you know someone could could implement their own in app purchase through PayPal or their own credit card system. Apple would, um, according to their rules, reject that application from the App Store because it's right. not using the built in one. So, but I don't think that applies to Android and the Play Store. So I'm not. I'm pretty I, sure. I'm pretty sure it does. And 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 and, and, and if it did, I don't think Google would say no to somebody who did it. So, but but if it's built in in app purchases, maybe that counts. And then if you do your own custom one, maybe you know Google doesn't take it, but maybe they don't care if other apps do custom in app purchases. Right. It's just if you're going to use their services, they're going to take a cut. Well, because because do you remember when YouTube Red first became a thing? And if you were going to buy YouTube Red through your iOS device, there was you had to spend a little bit extra. You had to spend, in fact, 30% extra. Yeah, that's because yeah. YouTube Red on, on iOS requires the 30% for Apple. Exactly. But on, yeah. on Android, I'm, I'm, I don't think that's I'm true. I'm almost certain it is. I don't, I'm almost I, certain I it is. I feel like Google doesn't care. But, but like, so, so Amazon, for whatever reason, had their app, their video app, available not through the Play Store. Uh, but then later on, at some point, they brought it to the Play Store. And I right. think I, f- I feel like that was fairly recent, like was, sometime in was, 2017. It was in the last few weeks, yes. Yeah. Months. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and, and, and YouTube uh, was actually one of the uh, culprits. It was on the show, Amazon Echo Show mm-hmm. Pro 3, yeah. 2. The one with the screen. One with the screen. Um, There's a then, couple with the and screens, then but, you know. it disappeared. Oh. Because, oh, right. yeah. you know, Google wanted to do something spe- super special or something. I don't know. I, I think Amazon was going to require YouTube to do something. And Google's like, uh, nope, we're just going to remove it. Yeah, I don't know. And that really makes that Amazon device. Don't show Walmart ads. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so this whole like feud, I feel like this feud up until very, very recently was very one-sided. You know, it was like Amazon rejecting Google's stuff right and it wasn't until very recently that that google was like okay we're just going to take away youtube from you and that was like a huge deal because youtube is like the biggest media platform in the world and so google has done that actually to other platforms so for windows phone uh, um, (laughs) the youtube (laughs) app that was there Uh um, stopped working because google killed it yeah because for whatever reason even though microsoft was totally willing to you know dedicate many developers to make it work out mm-hmm. they just they just didn't cooperate and the, the deal didn't get through right and, and it's strange to me how there has to be a deal when there are just apis yeah. and, yeah, and well, everything i mean yeah youtube isn't and, and youtube and if, isn't an open platform well but also but Let's it's make weird. that clear <laughs> it's weird that, too though like if the app can run it should just run yeah right yeah um and of course one of the things that presumably microsoft would have had to do was to prohibit uh playing video without the app being open oh sure no background (laughs) play yeah yeah oh you know what's funny though is uh when youtube red first became a thing and i was like had my students write a little essay about like whether or not they think this thing is is worth the price Mm -hmm. you know and one of my students was like mr buck look i can just play a video in the browser in safari on my ipad turn off the screen and it keeps playing and i'm like put that in your essay write that down <laughs> that's a good one yeah convenience versus 
Well, I mean, it, it was a feature that was like being locked into YouTube Red, but like it already, you could already do it in a browser. Right. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and for a little while, Google was um, putting, giving developers warnings if their if their browsers would let you play yeah. uh, Google or YouTube in the background. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they stopped, but it was kind of funny. Oh man. Anyway, speaking of Amazon and foods, mm-hmm. foods, foods, foods. <laughs> uh, that was a good one. But Whole Foods, yes. Whole Foods, Whole Foods. Do, do we remember remember how much that deal was? How many? How many Instagrams? Uh, was yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> I was ask. Instagrams, the one billion, right? I, I think, think so. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Wasn't it like sixteen um, Instagrams? So WhatsApp was like nineteen Instagrams, and so. Amazon's purchase of Whole Foods was only thirteen point seven Instagrams. Okay, wow, it's a lot of Instagrams. <laughs> for for the record, for anybody who can't do math, that means it's thirteen point seven billion dollars. We're getting a lot of mileage out of that joke, by the way. Of course, we are. How long ago was Instagram sold? Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> like so, five plus years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, okay, so Amazon bought Whole Foods for about three avocados. I mean, that's the point. So, <laughs> so. So this is this is a weird deal because Amazon doesn't normally buy um, physical retailers, physical retailers, but also just like if they bought Target, I might get it, but they mm-hmm. bought a food store, right? So it's an interesting play. I wonder if it's more around how the companies structured their supply chain or something. Because what about blockchain? What <laughs> uh, supply chain? Oh, my mistake. Maybe sorry. they're supplying blocks, but not in that sense. <laughs> But yeah, I, you know, maybe they're maybe maybe they both run on blockchain under the hood. You bet, and that's why they're more compatible. So but I wonder if that's more of a reason rather than anything else. So I know uh, there's a Whole Foods fairly near near us here, um, and I know uh, that I have not been in that Whole Foods, even though I have Prime and I could get my avocados mm-hmm. for three cents cheaper. Um, I know that uh, I haven't been there, and I would still never go there just because I have a Prime membership. Um, how about you guys? Like, yeah. So, groceries is a funny thing that I'm still kind of struggling with what my permanent solution is going to be. You know, because I'm living this carless uh, in this carless mm-hmm. future, and too soon. It would be it would be so great to be able to just get all of my groceries delivered straight to my door, the way that I have everything else delivered straight to my door. Um, and I. I'm not sure if there are any services that uh, exist currently that would actually do that well. There, there are. Simon sure. delivers. And and uh, Coburn's delivers. Sure. Yeah. I and, don't think Simon delivers is around. I haven't seen their trucks in a decade. Yeah, they, they did out before the crash. But yeah, aside from that, like my grocery shopping habits are dictated by um, my, my radius with a bike and a trailer. <laughs> That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been in a Whole Foods in... I, who knows? It's been a long time, right? So I, I don't know. Like it, it wasn't targeted at us, but uh, apparently the deal's working out for them. Of course, uh, what what Amazon gets out of this too is they get to not now now mine uh, an absurd amount of data about food buying habits and mm. food information from people, um, regardless if they're even an Amazon Prime member or not. Right, right. Um, and and so that that will help them somehow in the future, presumably. Yeah. Because, like, the whole... I I heard somebody talking about, like, oh, they might be using the, like, warehouses out back, you know, behind the the Whole Foods as, like, a staging ground for, you know, like, getting stuff, you know. And and I I was thinking about it, I'm like, 
but like the cub foods that i that my family goes to has all of those like prime po boxes essentially you know right there in in the entrance way and i'm like they don't need whole foods in order to do that amazon it helps but it it, but you're right exactly so so i think we'll be seeing more about what that that purchase was for Mm -hmm. um i know that a lot of the a lot of other startups in that space so um blue apron was one um Mm. there were some other like um you know send food to your house subscription services yeah that that I feel like just subscription services for any physical item is just exploding right now too. Well, right, and so when when those particular food ones, especially though, if you listen to advertisements on podcasts, hey, <laughs> oh my god, what should we deliver to you right now? You name it, we'll deliver it. Yeah, um, I'll come by on my bike. The only one I've seriously <laughs> considered is a hot sauce one. Hot, what? What is it? <laughs> like, the, but because they had quarterly ones, so you can send a new bottle of a random hot sauce once every quarter. You should send me a link to that. Okay. Um. So, so I know Blue Apron. Um, their I don't know if it was their stock price, but their their valuation plummeted as soon as the announcement went mm. through. So I know it's a it's a really hard market to be in, and Amazon certainly benefits a lot from it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got some more Android related stuff. Uh, Cyanogen Mod used to be our resident favorite. Uh, unofficial mod of of android and the company that kind of maintained like the at least the server structure and everything for it cyanogen they imploded yeah they whew, i don't know i don't know the details anymore of what happened to them mm-hmm. but mismanagement and stuff yeah they um they previous to this they had a couple of like kind of official business dealings like they they provided the operating system for the early OnePlus phones i think at least the one plus one i don't remember if the one plus two as well yeah maybe Uh, but uh yeah so the the company itself kind of went under the community needed to find some solution to continue on the project you know of the the rom itself and uh so they kind of morphed into lineage os um and uh they they recently celebrated one year of lineage os uh existing so pretty exciting um for the most part it it's exactly the same as cyanogen mod um you know they've continued development uh they've got you know several um of the of the apps that like replace system level apps in the android open source project that you know they've been kind of moving ahead development of you know that that google has kind of ignored for many years um and uh yeah whenever whenever I get my hands on like an older phone or a, you know, a lower end phone that I know is not going to get updates in a reasonable timely manner. I, uh, I always install lineage on it and, uh, and then hand it off to somebody else in my family. <laughs> so I haven't so. done it in a long time. So I think mm-hmm. the last phone I did it with was the one that's over there. The, um, original Moto G. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor thing. Um, <laughs> it, uh, from what I, from what I remember, actually, yeah, I think that's it. So I, I, I know it's really good and it's polished just how um CM used to be. Mm-hmm. Works fine, works great. Um you know the whole problem with the the modding community is like I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> uh mileage may vary, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um the the modding space is is going through an interesting shift right now i think because uh Android 8.0 uh introduced Project Treble which um has a lot of potential to like a 
changed the update cycle for like third party uh um hardware right but also um gives us the possibility that going forward any any devices that come out with android 8 or newer you know out of the box uh you should be able to just wipe clean uh the version of android that's on there that comes with it and install any rom that you want um you know because like right it's it's supposed to kind of make the the roms like essentially operate like using an api to access all the lower the lower order functions on the hardware Mm, Um, i love when ian talks about lower order thank you yeah i'm (laughs) so i'm making a lot of gestures with my hands that uh are kind of akin to like lego pieces kind of you know clicking together that's that's what how i understand apis trying (laughs) to abstract the the os layer outside of a more lower level away from the drivers essentially yeah yeah so that's called a hal um I think it's really interesting to note that a lot of the uh, this year 2017 phones, though, mm-hmm. the any phone that was released, you know, kind of in that uh, I think eight came out like September ish. It came out on the day of the eclipse, which was uh, August, August 21st. OK, so that's pretty convenient that we're going to talk about that soon. Yeah. Um, any phone that was released since then. Um, had the opportunity, of course, to use eight, and mm-hmm. the pixels came with eight, of course. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. But there were other vendors that intentionally did not release with eight, even though they could have. Mm-hmm. And most suspicion is that they did it to avoid having to support those devices longer term, right? Right. Or even do the extra work of trebleizing their phones. Yeah. So there's, it's not about taking the, what they have already and changing it a little bit. It's quite a big underlying change. They have to do uh, mm-hmm. various different partitions and driver support mm-hmm. uh, activities. So we'll see if it's good. Uh, my my other interest is in doesn't actually even matter for... So the phones that desperately need this aren't the high-end ones. Like my, no. my yeah. S8 Plus will last for years if I didn't touch it. it does, it's so powerful. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But for a... a $200 phone like uh, a Moto G, mm-hmm. it's going to get slower much faster. And that's when you would want to CM it or yeah. lineage, lineage it. I mean, in, in any case, though, you're going to want the security updates that are going to patch things like crack. Right. But the question is that I have is, do we expect any vendors to actually ever bring out another Oreo Plus device if they don't want to deal with any of this nonsense? Well, so you would hope, but I don't know. I I should think that if somebody tried at this point to come out with a uh, a ship, uh, I'm trying to say flagship without saying flagship. Um, you know, a, a device that isn't running on Android eight, right? That that us the community would just reject it outright. I hope. You know? I sh- I sure but there's hope. There's so, so many phones mm-hmm. when you walk down the Walmart aisle, and it's so difficult to educate the the broader population on these kinds of issues uh which is you know why i make these podcasts <laughs> but um but maybe those phones yeah. in the walmart aisle won't be so bad with android go maybe yes so android go is another thing that that came with uh android 8.0 um and this is a an entirely separate release of android essentially that is specifically built for devices that have less than 512 megabytes of ram i believe um and uh and that's that's kind of their their proxy uh for determining when you have a a low-end device essentially um is low low ram environments um 
and they, they there's a lot of restrictions that the operating system just kind of places on itself in order to make sure that it'll run smoothly on these lower end devices. Um, a lot of the things actually aren't necessarily about how it's going to run on the device, but also how it treats like data, mm -hmm. because a lot of these lower end devices are being sold in countries where the data caps are much lower. You know, the, the types of like cell phone plans that people have are, you know, different than the ones that we're used to. Um, and so Android Go is for, is this like their next billion? Uh, that's what they say. That's, that's the phrase that they're That's using. what they've said before about other things. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> I will mention that the YouTube Go app looks wonderful, mm. and that should have just been the YouTube app, because the current right. YouTube app is a disaster. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm particularly thrilled about the, like, what is it, sharing, like, passing a video from one device to yeah. another without having to have an internet connection like mm -hmm. that's brilliant yeah. yeah that's awesome that's that's some good distributed computing yeah or networking and uh and i talk about all of those the the project treble android go and more in the second opinion review of android 8.0 so that was that was second opinion number 30 Woohoo! yes nice you know what else we had a special on recently yeah there was an eclipse this year. A big one. It Huge eclipse. Great American eclipse. Whoa. America. <laughs> yep. Um, and it, for us in particular, it's kind of special because that was a Nexus special that I put a lot of effort into, and I'm pretty proud of. He of drove all the way out to where now? Uh, rural Wyoming. There so you go. Went there just for the Nexus. That's the <laughs> only reason he did it. On, so dedicated. on the spot live coverage from the nexus and i even went out to the middle of missouri for a second live coverage angle Whoa. except that you didn't you didn't record anything no i don't care <laughs> yeah no so the that nexus special um i yeah i recorded like our reactions to the eclipse itself i came back and and ryan and i talked about it in the studio and uh cut it all together and you know it's it's a it's a nice bit of audio storytelling if i do say so myself yeah I recommend listening to it if you haven't. And I also recommend looking at the pictures that we all took. Oh yes, mm -hmm. um, mine are crap. Well, I have one good picture. Scott Scott's are are a little bit better. His his tripod was less shaky. Mm. Or just yeah. go look look online. I'm sure there's some good photographers out oh, there. Oh yeah, for well, sure. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I will uh, praise the S8 Plus from Samsung. Mm -hmm. um, so I took my pictures through my um, Eclipse glasses with the phone. <laughs> yeah, and they're. It, you can tell it's an eclipse. It's a, the weirdest thing. I did that too. I saw it from behind the clouds in Eden Gray. <laughs> <laughs> over lunch. That's pretty good. Yeah. It, yeah. I saw it. Well, you know, it wasn't 100% here in Minnesota. So it was like a 90% maybe ish. And then, yeah. so it, it was about a minute from its peak. And then a cloud went and covered it. So I saw it almost as good as it, as it was going to get. It was really eerie and interesting to see. Just the light was so different and stuff. Yeah. Which I'm sure you guys saw that, but then you actually had it. Yeah, yeah that's there's there's a lot. Yeah, it, the the difference between seeing a partial eclipse and the full eclipse is, may I say, night and day. Oh, hey. <laughs> maybe <sighs> maybe day and twilight. Moving on, moving yeah. on, something yeah. else. <laughs> day and eclipse. So both uh, Apple and Google came out with some augmented reality like um, SDK. Is that what you would call these? Or are they are uh, they API frameworks. sets? Or are they frameworks? Yeah, yeah that. So AR Kit and AR Core, um, and and essentially, I mean, obviously, augmented reality itself has existed for quite a while. You know, if you're a developer, you could make an app that 
takes information from the camera and from the gyroscope and everything and puts it together in order to overlay information or objects into the real world right um snapchat had been doing that for a couple of years oh yeah oh yeah um you know like uh back in college katie and i were throwing around the idea of making a an ar um app that could uh, overlay ingress portals and you know objects onto their real world locations it was going to be awesome Pokemon um, Go is actually a larger oh, of course. example yes. of air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but uh but yeah these these um frameworks just make it a heck of a lot easier for developers to make AR apps. Um and so we've we've seen as a result of this like an explosion of um AR like uses, right? So I think I think the the most day-to-day like use that i'm excited about is being able to use like a measuring tape just like yeah, on my measure phone you kit. Know? Yeah. yeah um and uh of course i haven't i haven't gone and like searched any ar core apps or anything like that so um the only the only experience that i've had with it is the ar stickers that uh, google right. put into the camera app itself yeah. so i think yeah. it'll be a while before uh, any of that really can trickle down to being developer worthy for mm-hmm. somebody to build. Doesn't IKEA have a cool app where they, you can put IKEA furniture in a room and in a space? Yeah, I think there. I think there's that. I know uh, there's a, a countertop company that has some like you can change the countertop texture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's there's a bunch of uses for it, but one of the problems that I have with it is that either you you have it's the same kind of like. Um, like blockchain problem that that exists like it's always the blockchain <laughs> the year of the blockchain <laughs> it's, it's the decade of the blockchain to be honest um wow we're gonna have to do that show in like a year and a half like the decade of what blockchain um so it's it's sort of like the blockchain problem in that in order to implement it into an application you basically have to be an, a, a, an expert um, it's not like something like, you know, we can all go out and learn React Native in a weekend and make an app and it will be good enough to put on the store. You have to be an actual expert to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just no way to get around that. And so there's just not enough people in the market for that right now. Um, so there are probably a lot of good ideas to use the technology with, mm-hmm. but there's not enough people to go around to actually make it. Yeah, I f- but I feel like... I feel like AR is something that has a wide enough appeal, you know? You tell somebody like, oh yeah, you could, you know, use your your phone to preview like IKEA furniture in your own house before, you know, and people like get that immediately. So I agree, but that's a feature that's not a revolutionary thing. Hmm. Because I think of features as revolutionary things a lot, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's, it's nothing. Okay. Revolutionary features. I mean, like, currently, like, the the revolutionary feature that we just kind of passed is just the fact that everybody has cameras in their pockets 24-7, right? And that, like, that's... That's not a feature. Isn't it? It's a feature it's of a, your pocket to have it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think there's there's some kind of differentiation, like, on the spectrum of, like, is it is, is it a feature or is it uh, something bigger than a feature, like a, a wider movement, uh, a change to the overall perception or platform or whatever, um like what is what is the trend of having a smartphone in general like what is that it's not a feature it's a what revolution but it's not it's not well it, it it's a revolution for sure it's 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 enabled it's a, a lot of social changes that we've seen over the last five years you know right uh, of you know people um demanding like uh 
more transparency with with police departments for example right mm-hmm. you know because you have all of these cameras that are always out there you know people can just be like oh what police doing so, something like so, i'm gonna film this so i guess i guess the difference for me is like when when i hear uh ikea preview furniture that's to like a siloed thing mm-hmm. but what's different from that to the camera example is like i can ex- i can share that picture with apps and people and I can do whatever I want with it. Right. It's really wide open for me to do. But with AR, it's all siloed into these apps and each app will have its own does awful it, experience. Does it have to be though? Because like if I can take out my camera enabled smartphone, TMTM, uh, <laughs> and like uh, I want to sell my couch on Craigslist, for example, yeah. right? I can take my my phone and like move it around the couch kind of scan it in right so that it has that 3d information um and then other people who are considering buying it from me can do the same preview kind of thing uh in in their own house right mm-hmm. um no matter whether i'm selling it on craigslist or on next door or on you know i guarantee free cycle to you or whatever. that that will not be possible for like 10 years Right, but I mean, like that's that's Scanning the kind of feature that is going to be a revolutionary that, product. Yes, that's good. Yeah, that's a that's revolutionary. If somebody needs to make that. It's not. It's just I've a seen, feature. I've until seen then. it done, but I don't think. Uh, no, there's oh, uh, using like a Microsoft. What's the Xbox thing? Connect. Connect. You can scan stuff in there. There's some smartphone mm-hmm. that does three that has three D cameras, and you can do that to scan something in, and they three D printed. A model. You know, mm. They they scan something, turn it into a model, touch it up in a, th- a modeling software, and then they print it out. So, but doing all that real time in a smartphone, I think, is definitely it's here. Yeah. I don't think it's here or or, or soon. With call the, call with back the right in twenty twenty one. So that's actually one thing that I'm glad the AR kit and AR core did for us this year. Is previous to this, um, the only the only player that was really talking about AR was Google in the context of Project Tango. Right. Well, and Which Microsoft w- with the Hololens. Yes. Yeah. 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 That. Uh huh. Um. But but like Hololens was ne- has so far has not been a commercially available product. Right. There were Project Tango enabled phones that were available on the market. One. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was immediately discontinued. <laughs> Which phone was it? It was, it was Asus an, something know, or other. Yeah. Zenphone oh. something, something. See, he got it. That's literally the name. Woo. Um, Zenphone something something. <laughs> um, Pro. But yeah, the like, like it, it required very specific hardware in order for you to be able to have these features available to you, right? And then all of a sudden, mid-year 2017, Apple starts talking about AR kit, right? And then Google was like, oh, crap. Like, we got to, you know, actually start doing, start, start yeah. making this, you know, available for the wider Android ecosystem. And so now we've got both of them available. Yeah. And I think that's It's awesome. really hard for Google to do that, too, because... So far, as far as, as far as I know, it's only available on the Pixel phones. Uh, I mean, in terms of the 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 stickers in the camera app, yes, yeah. yes. Well, mm-hmm. does it require Android eight? I don't know. I don't either. I actually have no. I don't know much about AR Core, <laughs> and, I, and I also don't have Android eight, so I have no way to verify. <sighs> Just ask all your questions. Uh, point or point all your questions to Brandon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> help. I mean, he doesn't have Android 8 either, but he is well, working at a company AR that kit. might be interested he's, in he's AR. He AR actually oh, might yeah. have Android 8 because he has the Nexus 6P. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, Do we want to talk about uh, some some stuff can, about Apple updates some and up batteries? Yeah. So some of this is this year, too, but end of 2017, um, Apple, well, actually, January 2017, 
Apple released iOS 10.2.1 or something like that, which sure. uh, improved the battery pr- performance on iPhone 6S. Six S's. Successes. Six S's. The iPhone success. Yeah. Um, and people were kind of like, okay, well, it's better. Cool. There's a software update. Then it comes out that this fall that some, uh, one of the people who runs Geekbench, I think okay. it is, was analyzing these Geekbench scores of iPhones. And they saw that there are huge spikes at certain increments lower than what most of them were. So there's a peak at the top performance, you know, which is what they're all clocked at. And then mm-hmm. you know, 500 megahertz slower and slower and slower and slower. They're seeing spikes here. And it, it comes out that Apple had throttled the CPU performance on iPhones when the battery conditions were not uh, good enough to sustain powering that CPU at full power. Yeah. So they would slow it down, throttle it down to keep the phone booted so you can open the camera app, take a photo or something, and not have the phone die on you. And so big uproar because people weren't aware of that. Apple didn't alert any users about that. And so... But not very many people were surprised at that, right? Because that's been a big complaint of mobile devices in general. Um, But, you know, of course, Apple devices are the ones that people are aware of. That like, oh, yeah, new iOS uh, updates out. My phone's going to be slower from now on. That's that's, It's been a running joke, you know? So I think think the difference is, is that they admitted that they did it. Again, just like that other thing they admitted doing. Um... And the, the the reality of slow being you know getting slower phones was actually something that Apple did, rather than just a side effect of hardware people bought being old. It it is in a way a side effect of the hardware being old, because like, but Apple kind of made the decision. You know, we right. we either had the option of having uh, phones that shut off seemingly randomly, right? Because they the CPU was trying to draw more power than the old mm-hmm. uh battery could i would have been fine sustain. with that that's um, that's a legit thing to happen <laughs> um or we could have the current situation where like the phone slows itself down in order to avoid shutting off randomly right and and like apple made that decision for the customers um and but like it the the problem still stems from the old hardware itself right and it, but but it was the intervention that everybody freaked out about yeah and I do think that they made the right decision there. I agree. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But they needed to be way more upfront about it. They needed to pop up on the screen like, hey, your phone is old. We're, we have to do some stuff. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Not your phone. Your battery is old. Yeah. Your phone's old. And so what I'm excited your about- Your old phone isn't old. <laughs> says the one who won't buy an Apple device that's more than a month old. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yes, but then once I have it, I'm going to have a phone for exactly two years and then buy another one. Uh-huh. Uh, I have not that's... bought a phone in a long time. I'm freaking out over here. I can, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> when you say that, like, I'm going to have uh, a phone for exactly two years, that sounds like, you know, the American dream with 1.5 children. And... <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like... <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like, so, so what I'm really excited about from, from all of this is now we have the, the world's premier mobile operating system, right? Which one's that again? That's iOS. Okay. Uh, it, uh, not the most widespread mobile operating system, but the premier one. Uh, I don't, I could beg to differ. They now will show you what, like what status your battery is in. They right? will show you it. It has in not f- been put in yet. Update, yeah. Okay, yeah, future update. Now, you've so, been able to get at this information through USB, through iTunes. Oh, really? Things. Huh. Uh, so iTunes gets that information. Uh, there's an app called Coconut Battery, which can tell you the battery percentage. That sounds fake. <laughs> it's totally real, I promise you. 
but you, you plug it in, you get the information. And okay. I've, I've jailbroken iPhones in the past um, and seen that information as well. Yeah. But like, like, but now it's going to be available to the user mm-hmm. in the, the iPhone software. In a, in a first party. Yeah, first party. Right. Because yeah. I imagine that something called coconut battery is not first party. Definitely not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so now that like Apple's going to be implementing that in iOS, I'm excited for other manufacturers, Android, Windows Phone, et cetera, to like kind of follow suit mm-hmm. because I would love to be able to see the actual status of like the health of my battery. Yeah. Um, so what I've been doing for all my phones, partially because I'm a freak, but also because I think uh, it's good to know. So I run this app called AccuBattery and mm-hmm. it actually charts all this stuff out for me. So it tells me, um, you know, based on the charging cycle, um, you know, the rate of degra- degradation, uh-huh. um, what the capacity is oh, nice. um, and you know, stuff like that. Uh, it, it, it's not as good as it could be because it can't monitor some processes and, you know, there's reasons if it w- could actually be built into the system at a low level and actually just be honest with me, that would be so much more useful. Yeah. And I wouldn't have to blame Google for things. I could blame rightfully. So the OEMs for being bad. I like the scatter plots it's got in this, in this app. Yeah, I'm going to have to go and grab this. So the information I usually see from Apple about, about all their batteries is the current charge in milliamp hour or the current charge capacity in milliamp hours, the total capacity in milliamp hours, and the original manufacturer capacity in mm-hmm. milliamp hours. And the health is just the simple, you know... The percentage, right? Yeah, what it what it has now versus what it used to have. And that's, that's all the health is. But it's more than that, too. Because yes. batteries, you know, they're a complex chemical compound. And yeah. so, you know, you have to consider... An older battery that's been charged a lot. So yeah, cycle count also goes into it. So if you have a high cycle count and you're low charge and it's cold out, that battery is not going to be able to do much mm-hmm. of anything. And I think I think it has to even be more than that. So if the voltages is what the the batteries were having problem with, they need to be able to report like a running average of your voltage. Um, you know what's the current output? What's the current uh, current? And that I kind of stuff. This has become a problem in recent years because phone CPUs have just gotten so much more powerful. So they just draw more power you know they're they're getting efficient more efficient but not at the same rate as they're increasing the frequency and right yep and finally the major news piece that we have from 2017 is the crack attack uh vulnerability that was revealed when was this uh we, we first talked about it in feels pod, like mid-year pod kit number 33 uh which was in october I, that's so, mid-year yeah sure <laughs> I honestly don't remember what this was at all. Something about Wi-Fi. WPA2. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay, right. A vulnerability where it was discovered where you could um, trick a a device that's trying to connect to a, a Wi-Fi hotspot into, like, resending the keys, I think, or, or like zeroing that. out the keys or something like that. Yeah. Um, thus breaking the encryption. Um, and so you could, you could trick that people into... Like connecting to a, a a physical device that is faking its its Wi-Fi hotspot, um, and uh, and snooping, you know, yeah, all of their packets. You can hear me, Ryan, and Brandon talk about it in Podkit number thirty-three. Yep. And so, so this is like uh, the WPA standard has existed for ever, a long time, basically forever. Yeah, sure. You remember WEP, WP? Uh, vaguely. I mean. We can say 15 years. Yeah. 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 yeah, That sounds about right. And so it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of odd that we had that happen on October. And more recently we've got the meltdown thing 
um, that's, you know, like these, these very, very old frameworks systems, you know, that we've been using and have taken for granted for like forever. And, uh, and all of a sudden we're finding some vulnerabilities in them. And well, I feel like that's saying something in security inside of software, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's gotten better and better and better, um, that they're just having to go to lower level things. Oh yeah. Not, not just bugs in software, but like inherent protocol issues and mm-hmm. design and yeah. art of certain standards that are used everywhere. And so, and a lot of this stuff is around for a long time. So there is some documentation on it. And I think some of it too is, you know, old open source utilities and frameworks are often a source for, mm-hmm. you know, find some issue there that's used in a billion devices and might be useful. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the, the crack attack is one of the reasons that I've, you know, I've talked to people for a really long time about like, when you buy something, like make sure, for example, an Android phone, you know, like make sure that it's going to be one that is going to be getting software updates for a long time. And people are like, well, well, why would I want that? You know, and I'm and, and, and like, I could talk about, you know, all the awesome new features that come in new versions of Android and stuff, but nobody cares about those. What I should be talking about is like, security. you never, yeah, you never know what security vulnerabilities are going to be discovered about your current version of Android. And you're going to want more secure versions later on. So, yeah. On the other okay. hand, I don't know if normal people even care about even wanting them. I don't think they actually want them. They don't care. Versus $100 off or updates, they'll take the $100. Versus $50 yeah. off, they'll take the $50. It's hard $25, to, they'll it's take hard it. It's hard to argue with $100. There's, I there, mean, that's the whole Benjamin, right? As far as I'm concerned, whole, I don't think there's... Little, little Frank. I don't think there's any... <laughs> Benny, Benny Frank, as, uh, as, as, as Brandon would call him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any monetary value that normal people tm would pay mm-hmm. for a point update of android yeah remember yeah. when apple charged for the iphone os3 update i don't i think that's actually only an ipod touch ten dollars i do remember I, I, ten dollars for copy paste I, I do remember that actually because they didn't build it into their scheme mm-hmm. at the time that's interesting what do you mean what scheme so they they uh they had to justify it with their accounting department like um all of the the cost for the update had to be um accounted for somewhere and so they they told everybody so like it's going to be ten dollars this time and then a few months later when they were going to get the next one ready um they explained that this one's going to be free because we've built it into the cost of the product now huh okay yeah it was a weird artifact of a legacy world yeah i feel like there was some like legal reason or something too like for what they promised when they sold it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Some consumer protection and counting. Yeah. Well, we don't have that in the U.S., so it wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Europe. True. Who knows? All right. So now we're going to talk about some actual, like, physical products that you can touch with your hands what? that came out in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. So first cool. one, actually, you probably don't want to touch with your hands too much. Well, you want to touch it to put it in, but not to uh, ever again. Right. Yeah. Ryzen. It, yeah, it's an AMD thing. Yes, With yes the, it is. it's like it's like a chip. It is a chip. Mm-hmm. A really good chip. Tell me about it. So earlier this uh, year, the the AMD had um, started to actually come out with details about their new lineup of chips for the first time in I don't know maybe six or seven years. Mm-hmm. So the previous lineup of Bulldozer was sort of a letdown compared to what came before it, which was the Phenom lineup. Okay. 
And so Bulldozer was supposed to kind of a big bet on uh, enhanced IPC, which is inter-process communication. So basically, they made a big bet on multiple cores mattering more than um, clock speed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that was a bad bet to make at that time in history uh-huh. um, because performance mattered more um, of an individual core than it turned out multi-core, multi-threading did. So there were other implementation details that didn't make that particular product very good. So Ryzen was sort of the solution to that, and there's many factors that make Ryzen technically better than Bulldozer, but but basically it's it's performance compared to Intel and price compared to Intel is where it really shines now compared to any time previously. Mm-hmm. So um, at the top end, uh, Intel sells uh, some chips for uh, roughly $1,000. To get the same level of, of performance from Ryzen, you can pay as low as 599 and get the same performance. And it's, it's just incredible that you can do that kind of thing. Awesome. So um, they have various lineups now. So they have the regular Ryzen lineup. They have the APU lineup for laptops. That's mm. with integrated graphics. They have the more um, enthusiast like workstation lineup which is the Threadripper series. Threadripper! Um, And they also have a server chip lineup. I don't know if that's out yet, but that will have the ability to have hundreds of cores. Um, And this is good for server situations where uh, paralyzing um, is what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Ryzen made a huge shock in the industry beyond just the, the chips being good because it started to drive Intel to release some variations. So typically an i5 never came with hyper-threading. Well, now... Yeah, unless it was in a laptop. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So now, uh, some i5 chips are coming with hyper-threading. Ah. Um, and one of the generations coming soon from Intel will have a 6-core and then 12-thread mm. um, i7 available. That's um, the Coffee Lake coming out in right. later this 2018 year. And and so and, and this is this is sort of driven by the huge push here by AMD and Ryzen. So what you're saying is this was an unfortunate year for me to have gotten brand new computers with Intel i5s for my classroom. No, I wouldn't say that. Okay. Uh if you, you it's better than still running Windows XP. Oh yes, for yeah. sure. And 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 so like if you had a computer that was made with, um, you know, anything like newer than a Haswell, you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. This generation won't make a difference for you unless you were doing, you know, hardcore video editing, hardcore right. audio processing, right. um, hardcore compiling, maybe even hardcore um, computing. <laughs> but but even all of those things would, you know, if you had to pick between um, a processor upgrade or a solid state upgrade, the solid state upgrade would right. be many orders of magnitude more noticeable mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's fine yeah you still have new new modern cps so yep 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 awesome and uh we actually had somebody on the network who built a brand new computer uh this last fall andrew bailey uh in control structure number 127 uh he put together a an amd ryzen build and uh did a whole a whole video episode of that I think this was the one he learned about video editing with in Blender. Yeah, which, which is, is so cool. Such a crazy yeah. concept. I love it. Yeah. Yep. I also made my own Ryzen build 
Um, and, and to note, it was the easiest computer build I've ever done. You plugged it in and it just worked. There was not a single problem. Good. Awesome. Yeah. That's how Intel works too, right? <laughs> not always. Yeah. It's not their fault though. So usually I discovered when I built my computer that it helps if you, uh, you know, click the, the on button on the power supply. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> how long did that stump you for? It, uh, you know, I, you know, just, <clears throat> I wasn't the one who came up with the solution. Okay. Uh, we'll just say that. <laughs> Now, the Nintendo Switch, it's a lot easier to find the on button, I think. I hope so. <laughs> you just switch it on. Switch. Hey. I'm sorry, you switch it on. There we go. This yeah. is like one of the best-selling consoles I, ever, right? I think it was determined to be the fastest-selling console, the at least selling, yeah. in North America. It's like 10 mm. million units, I think it was. That's the one number I saw. Yeah, yeah. And and like I totally understand why, because... I don't. Being Tell able, me more. So, so having... The like full triple A, you know, like the, the 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 fully featured video games that you expect to play like on your couch, plugged into a television, you know, uh, but be able to like get up and walk away and like bring it to the park and just keep playing it, like that is a killer feature. Mm -hmm. That's why this is selling so well. Is it a revolution? Yeah. It's yeah, I would say so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because like have, like merging those that that stationary. Uh, kind the power of, of stationary, but the mm -hmm. portability of portable. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and it and it does it. So like up until now, having like a Windows laptop that's good enough to play ninety five percent of games, right? Maybe it can't play like Crisis at, at full settings, but you know whatever. Neither um, can the like, Switch. I will like, have you know that's true. Yes. <laughs> um, but like having a having a Windows laptop up until now was like the 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 way to have full console level you know video gaming in a portable setting right um and this is the first time like obviously we've had handheld um consoles you know the game boys the psps etc etc we've had those for many many years but they never could play the same games as you would play on your console plugged into your television right um and so that's that's like kind of the shift here um that's that's what the the switch brings to the table yep that nobody else has done so far and i and i still think it's hilarious that the uh switch like is it it, it is what the nvidia shield tablet wanted to be <laughs> right and isn't that interesting because well, it uses an nvidia chip inside of it mm -hmm. yeah and when i heard that it used an nvidia chip i just went oh well, it's the same chip isn't it N no it's, 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 it's a custom chip but it's the same Kind of so, so yeah. yeah the the shield tablet ran the Tegra K one uh, the switches is based on the Tegra X one yeah it sounds right yeah oh, okay. um, uh, also it, it runs so hot that it needs a heat pipe yes mm -hmm. in the it, switch it actually has a fan mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like <laughs> my Chrome, my Chromebook didn't pro, have a fan pro tier console there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, it's it's been sold really well, and, and and Nintendo treats its fans so well. I just I have to I have to praise the Nintendo. Totally facetious. Yes. Yeah. Just so you couldn't tell. Well, nobody can see you shaking your head, Ryan. No. <laughs> yeah, I um like I really wish that they had taken that final step of like okay, we've got this thing. It's running. 
an NVIDIA Tegra chipset, right? It is a tablet. It's, it comes with right. a, a proper... Um, operating system? Uh, oper- well, eh, it doesn't come with a proper operating well, system. Well, that's the point. But it, it comes with like a proper touchscreen, right? It's not one of those... Um, resistive. Resistance, yeah. yeah. It's actually capacitive. Um, it, does it know, have a stylus? It doesn't have a stylus. No, it does not. Good. No. Um, it has the potential of like coming out of the box with the biggest library of games of any console ever right because like we have built up a huge library of android games that are already available they already i I can see why they didn't do that because because they want to maintain control of their of their ecosystem well yeah but they would the the quality and the style of game and what yeah that i guess a bit of control over what they want their console to be known for and and also i think like the other problem is they would have had to partner with Google, and I don't know if Nintendo can Not handle necessarily. That. They could, because, like, Amazon has their own app, like, store, right, um, that is completely separate from Google Play, and they sell other people's games, right? Like, uh, Monument Valley was, they, they is, has been featured. They sell the games from... that, that have developers put them into the store. Exactly. Like, Nintendo I could... find it hard to believe that Android could support yet another platform. I don't know. What does that mean? And I, not, you... I, I mean, like, I find it hard to believe that Android developers would even fathom supporting another platform. If it's a Nintendo platform, yeah. No. Like that's a that's a no brainer. I I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> if I if I could reach all I, of these, I could see it. I think. I can't. Like if if I could um add all of these kids that suddenly have you know it's a Nintendo Switch to the the list of people who I can reach uh without you know putting in like hardly any more effort i just have to submit it hardly. to hardly there's so much more effort it's totally different api right right once compile everywhere. oh my gosh not even close it is a disaster <laughs> yeah. waiting to happen um like there's no way nintendo could even build such a system so that's one of the reasons they didn't do it i yeah and i think nintendo does want control that's you know it's every, every other version of any system they've made they have you know, people have to submit to Nintendo through them, and and, and it enforces, you know, a higher quality of of game probably, and mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to be known for having all of the Android games too, because then you're yeah. just like, oh, it's just an Android tablet plus a couple Nintendo ones, right, right. When in reality, it's a Nintendo console mm-hmm. that happens so, to run. So it. do yeah. we know if they're ever going to get like apps? I heard there's an update coming out here soon with you know things like youtube and internet browser netflix and stuff. yeah I something think, i think netflix anybody no, more of your standards media center media common. center now there's a callback that's a good app <laughs> uh smart tv style of application yeah okay so i got a, i got a cool question media for consumption stuff yes yeah so yes. when do you think the next switch will come out this is it well there can't be one <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because it, well, it's been more than two months. Uh, Brian can't buy one. So. <laughs> uh, I'm asking no for a friend. <laughs> um, so they did the new 3ds, which they did. That was years ago. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose. I don't know. It's relatively new to me. It's, it says new. It must be new. Oh, I can, it's I can the buy new that iPad. <laughs> uh, oh, fantastic! Just like, so the iPad generation, third generation, the new iPad. Exactly. Yeah, I can still buy that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, no. I don't think it'd be this year, but I feel like it's got to be soon because that hardware is not going to age well. That that's true. Yeah, that is the the trade off. Kind of is we're 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 now wading into this arena where nothing lasts. 
but it's it's not that expensive. It's what two ninety nine. It it can do it can play in the house. It can play well, on the go. <clears throat> it's only a hundred dollars more than the uh, new three DS, which is two years old. Yeah, but you ha- you really have to consider that like the budget 3DS isn't the 3DS, it's the 2DS. I don't even right. No, and so like I had to. It's do- only fifty dollars cheaper. It's not. Again, I had to not do a lot of convincing to to tell my sister like you don't want to get a 2DS right now because Nintendo is not going to be bringing all of its new games games to that. To that. They're going to be bringing them all to the Switch for sure. And so, like it took a lot of convincing. Yeah. No, but for sure. But on the other hand, if you want to play Pokemon, you have to buy the old console thing first. Unless you only want to buy the or uh, play the Pokemons that are coming out from now on, because the next one's going right. to be on Switch, which isn't here yet. So right, we have to wait. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh, video games. Speaking of consoles, well, we, uh, before we no, before we move on, uh, more. we we do I do want to to mention, of course, that we reviewed the Nintendo Switch in full. Uh, with Joff Schumacher, who is one of my housemates who owns one. I'm so glad. Uh, back on Second Opinion number 27. Yeah, yeah Matt has one. He's been playing uh, the, the game with the hat. What is it? The Zelda one? No. Snipper Clips? No, I think it's Mario with a hat. Oh, Mario Odyssey, yada yada. Something with a hat, yeah. Yeah. Mario Odyssey World? Does that Super sound right? Super Mario Odyssey World? I don't know Nintendo. Galaxy <laughs> 3D64? So Xbox One X and PS4 Pro. Woo-hoo. This is the kind of news that I used to be covering. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Me too. And and there's nothing to say here except there are bumps in performance, I guess. So they they technically support 4K now, but the performance in, you know increases isn't really enough to warrant it. Is kind of what I've heard. I don't like know. the people who I've talked to who have these consoles or are you know know about these consoles basically say, yeah, now they can play 1080p with like good quality <laughs> so so i think so the the one of the reasons they did this was the old SKUs were so old now nobody would be able to sell them for the original 499 price points okay because so, retailers want to deprecate the price you know lower the price over time mm-hmm. and so these the the both vendors here needed to release a new one so that they could go back to the original price point why do they want that though like so, having a lower price point is good but they want the money from the product. Uh, okay. Okay. And then, of course, there's NVIDIA who immediately, uh, you know, released the Titan X yada yada whatever. And we're like, hey, this thing is twice the, as powerful as the Xbox Wait, One X. new Titan come out? Yeah. With the, there's always a new Titan. What's the current uh, architecture of the ten, of the 1000 series? There's What's that one called? Is that <laughs> Kepler? Pascal? Uh, it's Pascal right Pascal. now. Is it a Pascal based Titan then? I don't know. Okay. I think Maxwell is after that. Hmm. I'll find know. out. CES yeah. is literally in three days. We need a. We, we'll just wait for Ian Well or Ryan Well or. <laughs> there you go. Sure. Um, got some new new phones that came out this Lot, year. Lots of new phones this year. So let's let's get started on the phone I, I, business. I guess this year was really the year of like edge to edge displays. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd say I'd yeah. say that. Um, so so one of the big phones of the year that sort of started the whole pattern was the S8 Plus in April uh, mm. and S8 small one in also in april um and then later in the year uh maybe august ish the, the note uh, the note yep eight came out and, and of course last year 2016 it's very yeah. confusing yeah um there was an explosive release of the note seven <laughs> <laughs> explosive release i like that um 
and uh, due is, to the, and, is that joke ever going to get old? No, um, and and due to that, there was some skepticism um, that that Samsung would be able to release such an amazingly good phone um, in 2017. Well, the S8 came out, and pretty much the whole phone changed its like it changed the community's opinion of what, about these about Samsung on these phones. Mm-hmm. There's no stupid home button uh, on the front anymore. The screen is amazing; it wraps around the edges. Um, it it's doesn't. Very nice looking. It display. doesn't look horrible like the uh, S7 Edge and the S6 Edge, whatever those are. Um, it's it's just an amazingly good looking normal phone. Mm-hmm. They they so they changed everything, and it just it's, it leaves you speechless about how they were able to do that. So the uh, S9 is going to be revealed here in a couple months, probably. Um, and I wouldn't expect it to be a shocking difference, but uh, one of the major gripes that everybody has with the S8 and S8 Plus and the Note 8 um, is that the fingerprint sensor yeah. is right next to the camera on the back, and it's very easy to put your finger in front of the camera <laughs> or even on the camera's glass by accident. And so it's an annoying issue, and it's most likely going to be resolved Um the dream was to have the technology for under the glass fingerprint sensing to be available, but the dream did not come true. No, and that would have been the dream for the iPhone 10 as well. Yeah, maybe. But I think so. Maybe. Like, I think if if that had been ready, then so, Apple would have gone with that. Actually, I've been using the S8's implementation of Face to Unlock, so I can just hold it here and it will just unlock. Sure. And it's mm. cool. Um, and so I can totally see why that's a thing. And it's actually really nice, but but you're right. For confirmations, it makes sense to have a biometric on the on the device level mm-hmm. security too. Yeah. Uh, what other phones came out, Ian? Well, uh, the Pixel Two and Pixel Two XL came out. Uh, that's the one that I, that I bought this year. Which one of those was good? The well, the regular size one. Hey. But that's what I would have answered either way anyway. Mm. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a. I'm, I refuse to get a phone that has a body that's larger than like you know the Nexus 5X. So so so, so the the Pixel 2 is the small one. The 2XL is the large one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these are probably some of the best hardware, like best build quality. Um, yeah yeah I um, uh, Google phones. Google phones yeah yeah, yeah that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the 2XL had an issue. Let's just say. Yeah the yeah well yeah. The so the screen much a lot much maligned screen the screen is probably the worst screen available in a premium flagship at that price point that any phone has ever had ever yeah and and i'm not used to like uh, playing ball in this price point at all you know i oh, oh, so we should talk about that then too so the s8 um i think was 750 the S8 Plus was eight fifty hundred dollars more. <laughs> the the two Pixel two, how much was that? Six fifty. Yes. And the two XL was eight fifty, so it's a lot more. Was that a two hundred dollar yeah. bump? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Because oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, and then the, pay for that screen. And then and then <laughs> the uh, we will soon to be talking about iPhone ten slash X slash who knows what it's called was $1,000. So I noticed that earlier you mentioned uh, people, you know, making the decision of whether they would have $100 or reliable software updates. Uh, I guess I got $100 and reliable software updates. But I have a better phone. Uh, Well, so that's... But you can't display the new emojis. 
I, I, I have <laughs> so you so oh. earlier in the day you sent me this bear emoji and on the phone I had no idea what it was. You couldn't see the bear emoji. No, I could see it, but it did not look like a bear. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what, what it was. It look like um, like a llama. I don't know. See, I was, that was done Slack too. That was the Slack colon bear colon. That's all it was. I don't know, man. See, I would say Ryan that. You do not have a better phone because you you can't just you know Project Treble strip out all of the. Uh, the That's true. <laughs> the, but the I have a Android better phone that you have, and there's there's nothing you can say about this phone that isn't better than that phone. It has a better screen. It's faster. Maybe I don't know if that's true. So you're talking hardware wise, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I I, I consider software to be much more important. To and me. and for ninety percent of the software, it's about the same. Yeah. I I yeah. use Action Launcher just like you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't I don't see TouchWiz ever, and the TouchWiz features that I do see on the rare occasion are actually very useful, like my scrolling screenshot button. That is very nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So would I get another one? Absolutely. Yeah. Call me back in two months. And that is that is a good <laughs> point. Um, that like as much as we talk about, oh man, here's the awesome new updates in like the new features in the the latest version of Android. Um, Samsung has kind of been ahead of the game well, in terms of like implementing. Well, because they had split screen on all of their Android devices like years before it came to the Google standard AOSP. Um, I will mention that I still don't have Oreo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and and I know for a fact that when you do get Oreo, it's not going to be troubleized. No, it can't be. Yeah. But maybe the S9 will be, so we'll see. We can hope. Yeah. We can hope. So iPhone 10 slash X. Yes. Yes, iPhone 10. It's you know kind of a similar edge-to-edge display concept, though I think the bezels are maybe a touch larger than the S8 on the sides, but on the top and bottom. Much smaller. They're much smaller. They're the, the same the scr- size. The screen the really just goes all the way to the bottom. Yep. And on mm-hmm. the top, too, aside from the, the sensor housing. Oh, hello there, Notch. Big week. How's that Minecraft going? Oh, it's going really well <laughs> since it's been sold to Microsoft. Um, so the notch on the iPhone 10. Well, how, how, what do we think about the notch? Um, I So I've used an iPhone 10 in the Apple Store once or twice, but that's really all my experience. From what I've seen, it really seems fine. It Just having the screen go to the top on and the bottom just kind of fills the space. The notch just kind of goes away. You know, there's nothing there. It's... It, the status bar just kind of wraps around it. So it, it, yeah, it's a little visually jolting, but other than that, it's really fine. Functionally, I mm-hmm. think it's totally worth all the features, you know, the for Face ID. From what I've heard from people is it's super fast. Um, but we know in two years that it'll be super slow because, you know, something Because <laughs> something your battery. <laughs> yeah, um, possibly, I don't know. When I first started seeing pictures of it, I had to go and look up what is normally in that spot in the system, you know, notification tray because I'm not an iOS user so, and I and I couldn't remember what goes there. Yeah. And and like my my initial impression was, well, how are you supposed to see all of your notification icons? And then I looked at, you know, older screenshots of iOS and I was like, oh, there never are any. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> the notification center in iOS is dismal. So the, you know they did a few things like they don't show the carrier anymore; they just show the signal, mm-hmm. and they just good. They should they have never the, done that. The signal dots to the signal bars again, right. which takes up less space. Good. There are a couple other space saving things they do, but I don't remember what. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I'm. I'll be buying the next version of their 
iPhone 10 like device next fall. And and I'm really curious to see where they take this in terms of their lineup of like different device sizes, right? Because up until now they had uh, okay, iPhone SE was for people who are still holding on to that tiny screen size, you know, form factor. Um, they had the, you know, the the regular size 4.7 inch, plus. and then the plus size for people who like the big phones. Uh, and now that they've introduced the iPhone 10, there's only one size for that so far. So far, yes. And that is, uh, if I understand correctly, it's about the same body size as the regular size iphone 8 right uh, but it but the screen size diagonal you know is more comparable to the plus yes that is correct and so i'm really curious to see uh you know will they come out with an, an iphone 10 style edge to edge that's the body size of like the se and then have about the same screen size as the regular size you know current iPhone 8, you know, um, will they be making a plus version of the iPhone 10 form factor? Uh, or is that just going to be too much screen, right? You know, it's, it's, no. it's, it's interesting to see where this is going to go. The answer is no. That's not going to be too much so, screen? So we already and know. What are they going to name these things? Well, obviously it's the 10 plus. Um, but where's the iPhone 9? It's gone, just no. like Windows 9. I, um, I am actually looking forward to seeing uh, what Android's going to do when they, you know, because next year they should be going up to Android 9. But are they going to skip that and go to 10? They can't. Why not? What letter would it be? It's a number. No, what letter? Oh, uh, t- 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 R-O-P? What's, oh, what's a, L-M-N-O-P. Yeah. What's a, what's a P dessert? A popcorn. Okay, maybe. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Cracked it wide open. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Popped it right open. <laughs> um, so we already know what the um, bigger size iPhone 10 would be like. It'd be like the Note sure. from the Samsung sure. lineup. Yeah. So um, minus that horrid stylus. That thing is amazing. Wow, I've never heard anybody like poo-poo the stylus I, before. You people should only be able to praise the Note. I don't think it's don't a joke. All right. Um, uh, yeah. If you want to hear more about the iPhone 10, you can hear Ian and Aaron Aaron yep. uh, discuss it on uh, Second Opinion episode 33. Yep. It's good. Good episode. Highly recommended. Yeah, it was. The uh, Pixel 2 I reviewed on Second Opinion number 31, and the Galaxy S8 we re- reviewed way back in like during May. the summer, right? Yeah. Second Opinion number 24. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, I will be purchasing the next one, so get ready for the next one. <laughs> Cool. All right, now I'll just quickly go through some Apple stuff that also came out. Yeah. Apple Watch Series 3, which I reviewed uh, to Ian. Yep. I think, yeah, on SO28. Mm-hmm. Uh, faster with cellular and... I think that's the game changer right there is having yeah. cellular on it. And I have canceled my cellular on it. Well, that, that was quick. <laughs> I went the three months that uh, the Apple give you credit for. And, and that's $17 then, a month. Uh, it came down to... Uh, between 14 and 15 uh-huh. but so they credited me 55 dollars for it all ish and after all the fees i only paid seven for three months but it's not so bad i uh canceled after that because i just really i wasn't using it at all right. i'm not the type right. to be without my phone if i'm out biking i bring my phone with me if i'm running which mm-hmm. i never do i don't have to worry about it because i never do that and i'm brian i never run yeah, not not in the way that Apple envisions a, a runner to use an Apple Watch. Sure, sure. It's more like me, like, uh oh, I'm late. I need to run, and 
uh, yeah, good watch. I like it. Uh, Brandon got one as well, but without cellular. So, mm. uh, also Apple TV 4K uh, came uh, with this. Apple added support for 4K movies in iTunes, and they would upgrade all of your old non 4K. Oh, nice! Or, they upgraded old movies to 4K. I think this kind of came along with the Movies Anywhere, which used to be known as Disney Movie Anywhere. Yeah. So a bunch of the studios came together and have one source for all the movies. That could that was a news item that they probably still DRM'd up the wazoo. Well, but, I'm you know. yeah, but you know now you can, now so when I send in the, now I have several vectors of attack too. <laughs> well, it was weird because I well um, you could uh, exfiltrate the the video content using various vulnerabilities uh-huh. from this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You 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 get into one system and then you suddenly have it everywhere. Because I I clicked on YouTube and purchases and all of a sudden there were eight items there instead of there just go. the one. Mm-hmm. I think pretty much all of those are free things I've gotten over the years too. YouTube purchases being also Google Play because like yeah. Google can't keep track of what is what. For some reason, I got the first Transformers movie on YouTube <laughs> years ago. That's amazing. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so 4K content, it's uh, faster than new Apple TV. I think I'll be buying one since I did buy a 4K TV. I should probably get the 4K Apple TV. Uh, late in the year, as Apple had kind of mentioned in the roundtable. The iMac Pro is released. Uh, this is uh, starts at five thousand dollars with an eight core Xeon, and goes up to a eighteen core Xeon at fourteen thousand dollars if you max out that RAM at one hundred twenty eight gigabytes and the solid state at like four terabytes or something absurd. And this was the one that was kind of like stealth release. Like they all of a sudden there were several like tech YouTubers well, who had their hands on it. And well, that's when it, we we knew it was going to happen in December, but they didn't. They never set a date. They just uh, said. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, they, no, I think they said this is when pre-orders are. Or no, no way, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> no, we knew we, we knew it was coming out in December, but it just sort of happened. Like they didn't tell us beforehand. Was it the reviews that came before they said it's going to be for sale on this date? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. the date was like two days away. Right. Right. Okay. That's very, what I was. It was a very strange release. It's almost like they didn't really know yeah. for sure. That's where my mind was going when I was. Was there a hurricane? No, that got in the way of the uh, the keynote. No, um, so the iMac Pro is an interesting uh, interesting product for the year because you know it's it's not that much more expensive than the regular iMac. Mm-hmm. Well, it's eight hundred more than the most expensive. Well, yes, yeah, the most expensive normal iMac is very expensive, but it's still under what this lower end one. And is. so this but one costs five thousand dollars, and you can spec it out all the way. To the good old fourteen thousand dollars. That's what I used to do in high school. Got the kind of thing I would I would like go onto Alienware's website and like spec out their uh, laptops. Dell has so, some crazy yeah. workstations that you can get super expensive for. Yeah, them. and I would just kind of look at them and drool. But yeah. but it seems like a good product. It's you know it was Apple's vision of the next pro computer that they made mm-hmm. before they said because there's a lot of revolt around. Oh, we should do a Mac Pro. So again. I have I have mixed opinions on good product. It's uh it, on an entry level price. I think it's really good, um, because you're getting Xeons, you're getting good graphics. Your sweet spot, from what people seem to say, is the ten core chip. Uh, yeah, it sounds it sounds about right. Yeah. but it still suffers from Appleism, which is why is it why is it so thin when it could just have been a little thicker and it could have vented better. It could have had more surface area to. I cool. heard this thing is super cool though, or super silent. I know, but. It still suffers from over engineering for uh, constraints that didn't need to be there. 
Well, it could they, have been they, more well, silent. They, but they research and said it can fit in the old iMac case. When there's no three and a half inch hard drive, they have that much more space I, to put the heating. I, I, it's questionable. Ryan demands total silence. Hey. <laughs> so uh, another interesting thing came up this year. Um, last year there was a, a an iMac, an iPad Pro, nine point seven inch, mm-hmm. and this year. Why have one iPad Pro when you could delete that one and get two different ones? It's the new iPad Pro 10.5 inch. And the other one. The updated 12.9 inch. Yeah. It's exciting, I think. Well, it was exciting enough for you to buy one. Yeah. I'm using it right now. I don't know. Like, it's an iPad. It doesn't do anything. Also, listen to the fringe because, boy, did I talk about this iPad. Ryan, you should just grab some of his exclamations about how smooth it is and stick them in here. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Of what, well, here's my Pro? review. It's nice, but another iPad. Nothing really to write home about. It's well, it's faster and it's f- faster in in both CPU and display performance. Barely useful at all. And it's a little bigger. <laughs> like that's that's really about it. There's not. I mean, there's not an iPad is an iPad. There's not much more to it. Yeah, exactly. There's there hasn't been anything to write the, home about. The display is you know a little faster. Oh my gosh, it scrolls so fast. He's I so impressed it. with it. I, I love it. So I, I, I have I have nothing to go off of, and there's nothing special about it whatsoever. You have every every computer you've ever used is slower than this. So yeah, it's a nice iPad, but uh, it it doesn't do anything that's like revolutionary or that interesting. It has a widescreen display. So so iOS on it, for example, has a dock, which is super cool because you can summon the dock whenever you want. It's great. It's neat. Yeah, but I think that's a thing in iOS 11 for all of the it, iPads. It is. And, yeah. and, and so, again, the iPad Pro doesn't really do anything that a normal iPad Air could have done. But the kicker is they got rid of the iPad Air lineup, and so now you can only get a worthless iPad or a Pro iPad. Huh. Okay. So isn't that funny? Wait, is a worthless one the Mini? No, so they're 329. About? They don't make the mini anymore. Oh, well, that's a shame because I like I like the mini size. Oh, it was yeah. I when I got my so I bought an iPad Pro 9.7 inch a year after it was released this last May. And that screen size made a huge difference. I use my iPad way more because I think it's easier to see, easier to use than with the mini. Hmm. Also, okay. it didn't help with the my mini was three and a half years old at the time. So it was getting a little slow. And, you know, when you when you get your iPhone 10 plus Pro It'll be basically the mini size. Yeah. <laughs> seven inch yeah. display. Or no, seven point nine, I think. Yeah. But yeah. I mean that's Eight that's inch, obviously yeah. the phone size you'll use, so that's that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll get there. Um well I mean like I've I've pretty consistently had a seven or eight inch tablet for like, you know Is that what the shield is? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's an eight inch tablet. Um and before that, I had the Nexus 7. Yeah, uh, or, or 3. I love sitting in this room because I can just point around, and there's the box for the, you know, <laughs> that old thing that I used to, you know, I have et cetera. A, a bag of Apple boxes in my parents' house. Well, you know where to put them. Um, now, speaking of this iPad Pro 10.5 inch, uh, of course, we're going to be reviewing that sometime soon on Second Opinion once I get around to sitting Ryan down to talk about it. Yeah. I'm always sitting down. Oh, yeah. I'm never talking, though. <laughs> Ryan always has a microphone in front of him. Pretty much. Now... Another thing that always has microphones on is the <laughs> Google Home. <laughs> and there are new ones this year. Yes. Oh, wait. One last thing on Apple. Oh, yeah? Speaking of Google Home, that HomePod never was released this December. Oh, right. one yeah. burn. Was it supposed to be this, this yeah. December? Originally, oh. but then they had to push it back Okay. because of mysterious unknown reasons. Hmm. They maybe had to fix Siri. <laughs> or maybe they had to make it actually be useful. Yeah. We'll see. Like It's really hard for Apple 
to release a product that's about just a speaker. It's really hard to release just a speaker. And without some deeper integrations with Siri and its ecosystem, what does it do other than play music maybe from AirPlay? Like it Mm -hmm. can't just do that, especially when these other products like the Google Homes we're about to talk about and the Echoes we're about to talk about do way more. Yeah. 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 So the new Google Homes, uh, there's a couple new first party ones announced this year. uh, And one of them actually already came out. Uh, The Mini is the one that actually came out. Um, and if you ask me, I mean, we will be reviewing this, you know, at some point, but, uh, if you ask me, like, I would say that $50 is probably about this, the right price point for this type of device. And what's interesting about the mini is very often you can find them on sale for even cheaper. Oh yeah. So it's, it's a great little product and it's surprisingly good. And, and like Google and Amazon were definitely doing all that they could to get as many of these into your homes as they, as they possibly could this December, you know, like they were selling them for, for reduced prices. If, Gift you, cards. if you bought other things through their stores, they would like throw in a free one, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I, I have one in my house already. There's another one coming and, uh, yeah, we were in danger of, of getting another one because, so, so I have one Google home per floor right now. Yeah. And, um, they're, they're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and both, I believe both Amazon and Google uh, allow third-party speaker um, manufacturers to build in their respective uh, assistant. I don't hear too much about that. No, and you wouldn't because, like, who who markets smart speakers, right? <laughs> no, nobody? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Sonos? Well, they have their own. That's true, except that Sonos uh, built in Alexa yeah. as a thing, right? Maybe. Yeah, I think Sonos has Alexa. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that that would be the 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 one third party that we that we have heard of that actually promotes that. Um, and and yeah, I mean, like the 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 bigger Google Home Max. Um, I I definitely will not be buying one. Um, I don't really see the point of it. That's almost google's response to the home pod yeah oh definitely um and like buying buying a 400 hundred dollar smart speaker uh i just don't see the point when uh i could just like get a google home mini and like a like some existing speakers, um, speakers, like speakers that, that i have that Brian just bought and hook up uh a chromecast little, audio little to them purpose, but yes and close. yeah and then just tell the google home mini like use these speakers for all of your media playback there you go so um, Amazon also incorporated some like cameras and screens into their, uh, products. Their, their, yeah, their, their smart home like assistants. Uh, so it's not just uh, speakers and microphones anymore. It's really weird. So there's three of them this year that are new enough to be relevant. So they, they updated their, the, the cylinder and the puck. Uh-huh. Those are new. They're, they're just new. I don't know. But the three new ones are yeah. different and new. So we'll talk about those. Yeah. So there was the look. <laughs> and there's the feel and the <laughs> nope and touch um, <laughs> Smell. and taste <laughs> coming next year uh so oh. so the, the echo look is a camera and its design uh or its purpose is f- for fashion basically sure it's supposed to help you buy clothes and try clothes on and see what they would look like on you somehow mm-hmm. uh there's the show which is sort of like a uh, an echo with a screen on it in sort of like a tablet shape. Sure. It's like a horizontal tablet fixed position echo. Yeah. It's it's it looks hideous. I don't know how 
a person could condone that design in this period you know, of time. You know what it reminds me of? It, it, it makes me feel like it's the modern equivalent, the contemporary equivalent to the like black and white five inch crt television on the kitchen counter right you know it is very much like that but it's way worse oh that looks like crap (laughs) (laughs) i've never actually looked at the photo there's so much well here let me show it to you you don't have one here so my issues are a joke on the name he said look i could show okay the bezel is huge and that like space in the bottom is just proportionally awful it it it, it's a hideous design it's a it's almost a pointless product. And can you tell me the price since you happen to have it up? Two twenty nine plus for shipping. <laughs> it, it is it is a non excusable amount for what oh, it does. And it looks like the thickest thing you've ever seen too. <laughs> That's like three inches thick. What on the bottom? Ugh. Somebody get, didn't get the memo about like two thousand seventeen being the year of the uh, edge tech display. And so, yeah. so okay, I'd only heard about this device on podcasts. I'd never actually <laughs> taken the time to look at it. Well, and now you've heard it on another podcast. Well, um, I'm so, talking about it on a podcast. So, so there's another product also, which is called the Amazon Spot, and so this is the screen. That's the round one, right? Yes, this is the round screen, and so this would be sort of like the Google Home Mini, but with a screen on it. If you can imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so this one still looks sort of dumb because it's bezels big and it's why uh-huh. is there a screen on this in general? But I think this one's much better stylistically because its screen doesn't look like it came out of a product from 15 years ago. It looks like it's something that could have been made recently. It's kind of like a nest, but instead of being on the okay. wall, it's okay. on your table. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's Amazon for you. Just releasing these Echo products left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The spot looks much better. It's, it looks like the, uh, the iMac G4-esque design. Yeah. But 15 years later. Uh, Everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. You know the speakers? No. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> so, so Amazon, uh, very strange. I don't know. Did they release any new, other, any other new stuff? Um. Refreshed on tablets, not relevant really. They certainly aren't doing anything with the uh, Fire Phone. Prime, Prime oh. Now is that new this year, or that's pretty new? Or late uh, oh, you know, maybe. they've really pushed their their own drivers and things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, let's talk about um... and, well, and and I think that is probably important to bring up because it's like those are kind of the quiet behind the scenes changes that really do change these services. Mm-hmm. But like, it's you know we might not notice and you know they they often let you do the no rush shipping and look view a discount on yeah. some new service so pushing. weird so they've i love it often been for amazon mp3 or uh-huh then amazon food. pantry yeah food and now i've been starting to see like home home servicing so like li- like someone coming in and setting up your internet someone coming in and installing tv things and um, well, that's what i always you know, housework that. like mm-hmm. installing like windows like i don't maybe not windows but can they walk my dog can they install like so these other Mac OS these other 10? human-based services of doing things because they've also you know this whole last year you can buy some electronic device or get in-home installation for yeah. 129 more yeah yeah and i think i've i heard someone did that once and they thought it was just awful so we'll see um i think there there is one other thing related to amazon that i would like to mention uh is you said amazon mp3 uh, and I believe they changed the way that the 
the storage options are structured on the Amazon MP3, yeah. like, and they're, you know, they're, they're Google Drive competitor, essentially, um, because you no longer get, I, th- I believe that you no longer get unlimited storage for all of your mm. MP3 files. That's too bad. Uh, and I only know about this because, like, I got some email saying, like, hey, you're, you're almost over your limit. And I'm like, what? Are, what? <laughs> and so I had to, like, go and look in there and, you know, remove a few things that I didn't care about. So, so that was the thing. Uh, Tesla Model 3 is uh, released this year. Yeah. They're going places. Yeah. But only 200 it, at a time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're not ramping up yet. They're, and, you know, they're behind schedule for where they wanted to be for yeah. production. But Quite apparently so. it's, you know, in Elon Musk standard time, that is. <laughs> um, but they, they seem to be ramping up according to plan, just delayed. That's mm-hmm. from, what I've, from what I've heard. And they also kind of surprise announced a semi-truck. Yeah. With a we, roadster we, inside we it. Sort of, <laughs> we sort of knew that they were going to make one. We just didn't know when they were going to announce it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think they're pretty competitively priced, too. They're, you know, they're a bit more I've never expensive. bought a semi-truck before, uh, honestly. Now, this is uh, me remembering information I saw two months ago, but I think this truck was like maybe only... You no, know, truck might be $120,000, and this was maybe one hundred eighty. Okay. So, a bit more, but not loads more I, i'm also like ian i don't know anything about semi-trucks i really don't much either i know that they really hurt when they hit you from behind i Ooh. i can understand that though. yeah i i can't but i i can imagine it <laughs> uh you can understand airpods though yeah yeah now this is technically 2016 but they came out in like december 12th or something of 2016 mm-hmm. so airpods i love mine they're they're like my favorite accessory i've ever owned they're fantastic i would uh, ooh, Apple Watch or AirPods? I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> top two. Um, I I like I really like them so, get, so much. Get rid of your phone. Just have the uh, AirPods and the watch. <laughs> well, oh wait, they wait. That could work. Huh. But the yeah. watch needs to sync through a phone to get any media. Right. That's well, true. no, not the cellular one can now stream Apple Music over cellular. Yeah, yeah. So I could. <laughs> and Series Four will be but able to do no, it better. Actually, the Apple Watch needs to be paired to a phone for any cellular things to work because it's an extension of your phone oh yeah that's goofy yeah. even though like at&t does give my watch a phone number i never did try calling it I <laughs> you should try it well, well i not can't anymore. anymore and on the flip side you can't set up an iphone without a sim card so yes. <laughs> but airpods are fantastic they're just convenient they're small there's they come with a case their their battery lasts quite a while and mm-hmm. you put in the case and then they last a long time yeah. again um uh i i bought a pair for my parents and my sister and they've all really liked them a lot and yeah, yeah, I highly recommend. Uh, and we actually reviewed that on Second Opinion number fifteen. Yes, with Brian and Brandon. That mm-hmm. that number tells you it was a while ago. Yeah. So speaking of that number, actually, uh, shall we talk about a few things on the our own network? The Nexus. Yeah. So this is going to be our little kind of self-indulgent uh, ending to the episode where we talk about our own podcast network and what what things have gone on over the last year. Um, so when you mentioned actually that uh, you can tell from the number of second opinion that it, that was a while ago, um, the only reason that that actually means anything really is because uh, I kind of forced second opinion and the extra dimension into some like regular scheduling right it's Uh, almost good yeah it it used to be that like the extra dimension 
was anybody on the network could just like make an episode about whatever whenever they wanted to. So that was still only and you, by the way. It was for the most part, yeah. <laughs> Those um, shows have always been your your Andrew. Things. Andrew made an episode about his trip to Berlin one time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. I don't think I'd listen to that. I should look at that. That sounds, that sounds fun. Um, but yeah, it's 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 it, the the result of that was that nobody ever nobody felt the need to make episodes, right? And so no episodes were being made on yeah, a regular basis. No pressure. Yeah, exactly. And so by by forcing myself into the mindset of like, okay, I want second opinion to come out every two weeks and I want the extra dimension to be every month, then, you know, it kind of lit the fire under my own butt and, you know, and, and I've actually managed to keep up those, uh, those schedules for the most part. Um, and the result has been that those two shows actually have like a significant download numbers now. Amazing. Uh, yeah. It's, it's awesome. And they have significant download numbers without having cheated the system. Yeah, what do you mean by cheating? What well, have you been doing, Ryan? Well, so that one time when I submitted three shows at once the day before ah, winter yes. break for Apple, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, you know. And that actually, that was really, really awesome. Like, I don't think we've gotten up to those kinds of no, download numbers per episode uh, since then. Um, but... At least people gave us a, a chance then, right? Yeah, and at least two people re- submitted reviews on uh, on Apple Podcasts. Amazing. Formerly known as iTunes. Um, the other thing, though, that I started doing uh, was I started putting our episodes up on YouTube. And 2017 was the first full year that those were all, you know, available there. Day one, you know, like the same amount of time as, as the MP3 feed, you know. How many... Um... Takedown notices have you gotten? Um, we had a couple of like really old Nexus special episodes, you know, where like Sam was uh, playing some trailer for some movie or whatever, and you know those ones are I was, I was like, yeah, okay, like those that's legit. Yeah. <laughs> but um, for the most part, no, we haven't had any uh, copyright notices because it's mostly just us talking. Oh, so. mm-hmm. good thing we don't do ATN anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've, I've learned a few things from, from that process. Uh, and number one thing that I learned is, um, the benefit of, of putting these on YouTube is like getting the episodes in front of people who aren't already subscribed to the shows. Right. And the shows that, um, benefit the most from this are the ones that have actually searchable names you know like the titles are searchable and and you know they're talking about stuff that have you know some broad appeal so second opinion has benefited the most um because like people search for reviews of things right um in particular like we managed to get the um Apple Watch Series Three review up in a timely manner, yeah. and you know got got you know at, at least a hundred hits off of that. You know in the first twenty eight days or whatever. Um, Google Wi Fi review has had like a long tail uh, of people finding it on on YouTube. Um, shows like uh, Podkit and Control Structure benefit significantly less <laughs> from YouTube because the titles of those shows are based on like a funny thing that we said. Totally meaningless. Yeah. Um, and the like description uh, is not quite as useful for knowing what is the content inside the episode. And that, and that gets to a bigger, larger issue in podcasting in general that like, it's really hard for like these, you know, for the Apple podcast directory and for you to, and you know, for all of these places to kind of understand 
what is in these shows. You can't really do analytics on audio very easily and getting metadata and parsing well, through. You can you can try, you but you can't it's... do analytics on a on a decentralized system. I think is the issue, right? Because like you, yeah, when you submit it to places, and, you know. like I I have been looking at the analytics of the YouTube videos, and I have gotten some very good insights from that. For example, we were talking about the episode, the the review of the AirPods, right? I noticed that there was a sharp decline in people listening to that episode as soon as the two of you started talking about like, well, let's let's compare the AirPods to other Bluetooth earbuds. Yep. Literally everybody stopped listening right then, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good lesson to, to learn." Yeah. Um, so about ten minutes ago, everybody stopped listening. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, the people who are still here are the the true true believers. We are the How's we that? are the the core listeners of the network too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. So I think I think that's really interesting. And now, often when I'm on YouTube, I always imagine that that uh, that fall off graph mm-hmm. whenever I close a video. I love that. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and I and I actually uh, gathered up a few of those lessons that I just mentioned from uh, from YouTube um, and and put those into a Medium post. Um, and actually, since uh, Medium went from being like totally free to like having that uh, the the weird price like yes thingy, um, I that was like the one post that I was like, all right, I'll I'll just like put that as a paid one and see what happens and i've gotten more hits on that one since then so so if, if there's any paid medium posts out there mm-hmm. i close it immediately and blacklist it i haven't i haven't encountered any paid medium posts yet so yeah me neither because yeah. they're just dumb. yours <laughs> i don't know i haven't looked around to find them Can't, so. I, I i i hope medium closes maybe we need a, to put a blog on the new nexus cms no <laughs> yeah. i don't think it'd be too bad we'll just make a github pages thing and, and yes. incorporate it in Whatever ninety nine percent invisible is doing, that's what we should do. I don't know. No, just put them on a, on my website because I already have support for multiple authors. It's just, <laughs> I, I would, I'm the only one who's <laughs> written anything. I would just do a Gatsby site or something, um, uh, and it's on my domain. <laughs> so we also have started uh, broadcasting some of our episodes on the Frogtown Community Radio Station. I pitched Ooh. I pitched the extra dimension to them as like, hey, you guys don't really have any like technology focused stuff. Would you like a and they're technology like, show? Okay, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and I love it because like I don't have to do that much extra work. Um, I did do a little bit of of rethinking and you know like considering. Okay, so like podcast listeners, I can reasonably assume that they you know if they miss something, they can like back it up and you know listen to it again or whatever. Radio listeners, of course, cannot do that. So like you know I I make sure to like plug the show notes website you know URL every like twenty minutes or so in the episode yada yada. Um, and so that's like small modifications that I have to do to the. Yeah. So I remember on your itself. first broadcast, yeah. I I, um, I don't have a lot of radios around here. Right. So I took my mom's Moto G5 or something, and mm-hmm. it has a built-in radio. Yep. And so I listened to the show on, on her phone with the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I tried to stream it somewhere because mm-hmm. I'm too far from Frogtown. Yeah. Really? In, in South Minneapolis. Oh, okay. It is a low-powered uh, FM station. I'm, so. I'm, I'm assuming I'm too far, at least. I don't know. I don't... Oh, Wait. Ooh, that's that's hard my, to believe. Oh wait, hold on. My iPod Nano fifth gen with a camera <laughs> has a FM radio. That's my only that's radio so I own, so other than my car. But I don't use that for radio. Another thing that I've started doing for episodes uh, is actually like gathering timestamps for when we like talk about different subjects. 
Um, and now that I said that, I turn around and look at Audacity <laughs> and realize that I haven't been doing that at all this episode. And, uh, you know, I'm so disappointed in myself. Don't worry about it. Um, I think I'm not going to. I think if we do timestamps for, like, like, you know, general things. So, like, in PodKit, I've been trying to do timestamps or chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I generally do I, – well, I did intro, new Twitter followees. And uh, topics. Contacts. And then I did – well – I, I did specific topics. So I did, oh, yeah. We, I mean, we only talked about like three things, four yeah. things about last that. episode. So it wasn't too much. So I just yeah. did it and that was it. Um, so in this show, like this, there's about, talk about four much. segments. So this sure. this would be like like this episode, for example, would be news, products, state of the nexus. Yeah, sure. And then contact us or, or something. Yep. And that'd be all. And that's probably fine for the most part. Yep. Um, and yeah, and that, and that kind of thing, um, it's kind of... It's easy to see why it's useful for a listener, right? Because, you know, if they remember like, oh, yeah, there was this one segment that they talked about, you know, it'd be very, very useful for them to just be able to click a button and go to that timestamp. It's hard to know how many people are actually using that, you know? It's part Um, of the decentralized medium of podcasting. Yep, But I can tell you that it has been very useful for me as somebody who's creating these podcasts because, uh, for example, on YouTube, right, um, having an hour plus long episodes, it's like, okay, I would like to have like two or three ad breaks in there and being able to put those ad breaks into reasonable places. Boom. Like that, that makes me feel a hundred percent better about the product that we're putting out into Mm -hmm. the world. You know, Um, I hate watching like, you know, really long stuff from rooster teeth where it's like, Oh, there's an ad break every 30 seconds, no matter what's going on in the video. It's just, or not 30 seconds, sorry, 30 minutes. You know, it's like, did you guys put no effort into that? Dynamic yes. ad insertion. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and then also, you know, of course, um, knowing where are reasonable places to put, like, radio reads of, you right. know, go to this URL to see the show notes, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's, like, the stuff that's been going on over the last year on the network. Yep. What do we got coming up in the future? Almost nothing. CMS version three maybe well that that's that's been under development for the last over a year yeah the last two years as far as i'm concerned yeah so maybe <laughs> uh it's been that's all i'm gonna say maybe what kind of stuff can would we want to have in cms through version three everything we have it's, now just not just, with wordpress just better i don't even need um, better at some this point. ideas that i've been thinking about and i've talked about a little his bit ideas are way <laughs> like that scope creep that's not even funny but go on it's all front end things, though. Sure, it is for the most part. <laughs> I just have to upload it an, uh, an MP3, and then you upload the S3 or something. Me being the UI, you being the everything else. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a chapter editor for uh, the browser, so you can click here. This mm-hmm. is this chapter. Click there. This is that chapter. Now, it, it, then that would be a common place that we can do metadata for all of the podcasts without needing to come up with different workflows per person. Yeah. I know you guys use Audacity. I use Logic Pro. Mm-hmm. And then I also use Audacity for truncation. But that's so weird. That in its own... How does Logic Pro not have truncation? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It doesn't. And I'm trying to... I try to do a, I try to do a command line thing to do it, but it, it wasn't super reliable, <laughs> and it's very difficult to configure. Mm-hmm. And Audacity's is just... Easy. easy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, the last podcast, for example, I exported from logic with markers that had titles as a wave file because wave files can do chapters 
<laughs> okay. IF cannot. <laughs> and then I imported to Marco Arment's forecast app, which takes the chapters, uh-huh. parallel encodes the MP3, which is actually just chopping up the file into multiple bits and running. I would, I would, I want that. Can I a have a bunch that? of times in a row? I want that on Windows. Give it to me. Right. You can probably script it. I, I can't. Um, I can't. And then I ran it through our own Python tool to add metadata. So it's just like all these steps, and that <laughs> and that didn't even truncate it. What I could have done was do it, edit in Logic, export to Wave. Import to Audacity, <laughs> truncate, export again, import to Logic, add chapters, export to Forecast, encode, run through our metadata, then upload to S3. Do you do you use the uploader to upload to S3 too? I do. Okay, good. Just checking. So <laughs> that's a workflow that I would like to, to streamline a little more and make it more yeah. consistent for everyone. So in my professional opinion, which is very professional, uh, that is not a part of the scope of V3 CMS. No, it's not. Separate. It's it's a separate feature that I'm just trying. I'm just thinking about. Oh, I know. I, I understand. Do you think we'd be able to uh, incorporate MP3 chapters somehow into the CMS version three? Define like, meaning. Like like have like obviously MP3 chapters usually are applicable once you have downloaded the MP3 into your podcast player of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if people are listening via our website being able to have those like Little markers you know, yeah well, yes it, that could be done it would just if you yeah. get if, if you were able to supply a list of timestamps it can do it yeah yeah or or just finding a web player that supports mp3 chapters yeah, yeah. Then that's, that's not a big deal yeah cool yeah there are players out there that can do that mm-hmm. i kind of want to write my own too yeah <laughs> just this guy doesn't understand scope creep so it's just it's a fun challenge i i understand it's, it's not fun challenge but well i've been staring this horrible thing in the face for two years i don't want to challenge i want to get it done well, well but i no. also don't want to do it it's it's the it's a fun thing to do after we build it the initial time. Uh, it's, that's, what, that's version, what they all say it's 3.1 3.2 you know yeah. yeah there's a few other like content side plans that i have for network stuff um, we still need to get enthusiastic about everything started with our, <laughs> with our good friend Brandon Johnson. I was going to say Brandon Mitchell. I, <laughs> I think that was idea was seated in 2015. It, it might have been, but it's an amazing show, and he's he is enthusiastic about everything. So mm-hmm. he even recorded a a, a, sne- a sneaky five minute episode. But <laughs> Did he? I don't know if it exists. Was that the spectacle one? It, no, it was the one about coffee. Oh, right. Wasn't it? Oh, boy. <laughs> Nitro. I think he recorded it on his voicemail was app on his phone. I'm Probably. just like, I'm so excited about the idea of a micro podcast, you know, that is like so, forced to be four or five minutes so, long. So I would totally, I mean, we could all just like be walking and just do it on our phone. Like, I just saw the would, coolest thing. Let me just ramble about it. Mm-hmm. So actually, also find me on Twitter. That, that brings up a great point. I actually am very entertained by those ideas. Um, and there's a bunch of programming podcasts that are three to five minutes long that are just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the new CMS, uh, um, it will be able to support that at a better level because you'll be able to tell it, well, this is a shirt show, so it won't go into the normal, you know, villain slash hero rotation oh, of, okay. of content. It'll go down somewhere else on a smaller carousel or something, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can add more flags to tell the the system, like, what is the data here? Yeah. Yeah. One day. Speaking of having things go into different carousels, uh, another thing that I'm planning is uh, recording an audiobook. Because um, earlier in 2017, I read a, a a book called "Robots Will Steal Your Job," but that's okay. And uh, and I did that as research for an extra dimension episode. Um, and then you know was looking around later on, and I've started listening to audiobooks now, and uh, and and I realized that there's no audiobook for that book, but that book was released under Creative Commons license. So I'm like, hey. 
why not? I don't have enough projects going on. Not at all. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm, we could add support in our CMS for audiobooks. Right. I mean, you could. And I, I wouldn't mean, do that, but you no, could. Yeah. I, don't, I think that's scope creeping. I mean, it's 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 not something that you really need to change, I think, from a CMS standpoint. We, you know, because like... Um, but the length is like an order of magnitude longer. Define length. Well, no. So, so I'll... Time. So what I'm planning is um, doing, releasing this as a podcast. Each chapter of the book is its own episode. Um, Checking the box for for Apple Podcasts episodic instead of serialized, right? Right. right, Um, And uh, and then you know using MP3 chapters for different sections that are within each one of those book chapters. Um, Taking into account a few things such as uh, you know like a, a a Ideally, when you're listening to an audiobook, you want to just go flow from one chapter to another, you know. But like when you're when you've got a podcast, typically you have like an intro and an outro and stuff. Yeah, um, be different. But like you know, I'll take I'll kind of do a middle ground where like uh, I'll make sure that the intro and outro are the exact same length every single time, so that right. people who have fancy podcast players or exactly can just like 30 skip, seconds. Yeah, exactly. Can just skip the first thirty seconds of the episode, stuff like that. Um, Is this? Uh, Creative Commons attribution non-commercial or with I believe it's non-commercial or? yeah okay yeah um and uh and so of course you know like any versions that we put on YouTube we just need to not put advertisements on them. yeah yeah um so I wonder how that works like if the website ever had ads which won't ever have ads right what would that mean that would mean that any pages where we serve that audiobook wouldn't be able to have ads. Do you think so? Is that what it means? But no. what if it in its own is an ad for the rest of the Nexus? That's fine. Because nobody's paying us. Wait, so what, what if we don't make money, but somebody else makes money? What? Off that page view. What if we make money off of the other pages that they that they listen to that audiobook? I don't know, I don't know where he's going with this, but... I feel like in order to suss this out, we need to go and listen to the Extra Dimension episode about copyright law. There's <laughs> something suspicious about that because, like, I get YouTube, but that's because it's embedded into the video. Mm-hmm. But if it's embedded into the page, it has nothing to do with the audio. Like, it's weird to me. Right. Except that I consider the audio you and, consider, but... and the show notes to be, you know, the same, two parts of the same work. I you don't. know what I mean? Um which is why I always encourage people to go and list, listen or look at the uh, show notes at uh, thenexus.tv/ns57. I agree with you. You should look at the show notes at thenexus.tv/ns57. <laughs> Wait, have you checked uh, the show notes at thenexus.tv/ns57? No, I haven't yet. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of like the audiobook itself being like an advertisement for the rest of the Nexus, um, I have thought about like the fact that despite all of our the fact that all of our uh episodes are like very clearly hosted on the same website you know we are like a group of five people who make you know podcasts and like you know we're we're like (laughs) we're always like talking to each other we're on each other's shows and stuff you know there isn't a whole lot of like cross promotion that goes on um aside from like occasional times where like the extra dimension and second opinion will be like doing the same kind of you know subject a related subject at the same time and you know so i've been thinking about like do we need to have kind of short little promotionals made for our various different shows and like pop those up at the ends of episodes kind of you know maximum fun style or something like that yeah i think that's fine could be good at the end of a show is fine Mm -hmm. if people don't hear it who cares it's fine no loss um 
I classically end all the shows I edit with absolutely nothing. It just stops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. At least you do have uh, the theme song. Oh, speaking of theme song, I really want to go and like collect all of the theme songs that we've ever used and like make a YouTube playlist of all of them. That, that'll be fun. That's tough. Yeah. I'll do it. I, you know, it's I don't have enough projects going, Ryan. <laughs> I have I don't have the podcast theme stored anywhere centrally. Like I think I do. Sometimes I pull the the like AIF exported version from Logic. Sometimes I pull the like AAC. <laughs> like I think That's I so once, weird. I think I once downloaded it from SoundCloud. <laughs> it's funny because Brian made that theme. Yeah. 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 No, I I don't know. Does it, this this uh, next special have dedicated music yet? Ever? No, Nexus Special has never had dedicated okay. music by Do you want to make some dedicated music for you, anything? Uh, um, well, I feel like Nexus uh, Special uh, is good to not. I think, you know, Enthusiastic About Everything should have the hypiest song. Oh, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll try I'll try something cool there. So what I always do is I just go to the YouTube uh, music store and yeah. get something. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. And then, of course, in order to, like, attract more people to the network, hopefully, uh, I've been thinking about like we should probably do more crossovers and team ups with other like podcasters. Um and of course like finding or more guests yeah outside of mm-hmm. the five of us. Yeah, yeah, he started doing that more. Yeah, yeah, yeah for second opinion especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you did a lot for 8-bit sort of. Yeah, well so the 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 guests we had on 8-bit were for the same reason uh that we have guests on second opinion because I can't review all of the video yeah. games, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I well, can't review all the Well, it's a good, a good reason to bring someone on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, it's it's harder so like I, I really wanted to do guests and stuff with ATN, but it's hard to to bring in a guest, but then subject them to to Matt. So um, yeah. you know, I've given at least one of our guests the bug. You know, Aaron finished uh, recording that episode, and he was like, "Oh, that was so much fun! I want to do more podcasts." I know. So so Aaron yeah. is one of my coworkers at uh, at a uh, software development uh, place, mm-hmm. and. Um, so he's been asking me and on Twitter like recommendations for mics and mixers and you know what oh, really? to do yeah. and how to do yeah. things and so he's uh, uh like an off road biker yeah like off road bicycle yes. biking in the cyclist in but the he, forest he, BMX yeah in the forest yeah we just struggled with this exact same thing on the extra dimension number thirteen when we talked about bicycling well when I see a biker on the street it's yeah. either a motorcycle yeah. person or it's a person riding their bike right those a bike is not a motorcycle in my opinion correct right but it depends who you talk to well right exactly and so like i have to make myself clear every time i do this because it's weird and i don't get it i think for that episode we had to say cycling yes we did it's so so strange (laughs) so yeah so aaron um is actually gonna make a great show about um kind of his thoughts but also sort of like doing off-road biking stuff Mm -hmm. so that's cool uh he's also part of an organization and i imagine people from the organization will uh participate so yeah. he's going to get a nice little mixer and set it up. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. I'm hoping that like um, for the extra dimension, uh, I'll be able to find some more people who are like kind of. <laughs> every, every device plunks at once. You know how it is. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, Make it be quiet. <laughs> Um, I'm hoping for the extra dimension that I'll be able to like find some more kind of experts in their field type. It's very difficult. Uh, yeah, guests. Um, and that, and I, and I'm hoping that'll be doable for the extra dimension because the extra dimension is less frequent. Right. You know, and so it's like, oh, we're doing uh, an episode about 
theater and how technology integrates with theater, right? I'll go and interview some of the theater people that I'm working with right now. Take a road trip to Morris to interview all of our professors about whatever they're doing research on. Yeah, exactly. Um, Leverage some of those connections. You know, I always wanted to do that with people at the U, but I still don't, I don't think people at the U get it. Like, there's no, like... The, the, the level of responsibilities they already have is like too high and they don't want to even think about doing more of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Should be fun. Got a year coming up. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> 2018. We'll uh, see what we year. get done. Yep. Yep. So for fun, let me just uh, type into the Nexus TV here. Um, how many episodes we've actually, we actually have. Oh, in total. Yeah. So right now we have 1,034. Is that including the French? That is including total. Okay. <laughs> That's what total means. Um, it's amazing. I um, I think when I went to work at Doherty mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I think we were at 650 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it's amazing we've grown yeah. that much. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. And I'm hoping, like... Um, that for some reason, the universe still only has 21 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Like, yeah, and we've transitioned, uh, I think, PodKit from a, like... Weekly to in- bi-weekly to... <laughs> monthly to, every to two quarterly. To monthly. quarterly to monthly, yeah. And uh, this <laughs> last this last one was seven weeks, six, one, one, seven one weeks. 1.5 months, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to get back on schedule, we have to record one in two a weeks. week and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's not actually undoable. That's fine. Control structure used to be our, like, tried and true fortnightly uh show and uh and i think that one's been do- going kind of monthly more recently so Fair. it's yeah um yeah it feels it feels weird that the extra dimension and second opinion are like the most steady ones right now so so when, what i imagined when, when when we started the network was that you know of course you know we're busy college students so, you know this is going to be an every other week kind of thing because mm-hmm. like who has time for this nonsense um ATN was good enough to do weekly when I actually had a participant, but it's too hard to do shows if you don't have somebody else with you. Right. Uh, and of course, Ian does all the work now, so it's wonderful. Um, you know. Yeah, free advertising or something, I guess. Um, and and it's just it's a lot easier to do it all in person too. Like right. You you it have a studio be. for ATN most of the time. Like for for podcast, it's we record and then it's wait an hour for all the files to get dropped on my server, <laughs> and then I can download and start editing, yeah. and then. It takes me half an hour to get it all imported, set up, synced, and then I can export the fringe, and then I start editing the podcasts. Yeah. And then, like, I don't think I go to bed before one a.m. Whenever I edit podcast. Well, so so I can I can since I don't edit the show, I can often get these out within forty five minutes, mm-hmm. um, because I, I don't edit the show. I spend like two hours per hour. Yeah, and for those probably. ones, you definitely don't get um, timestamps happening. No, in there, never. So, yeah. And I don't even do a super tight job. I mostly like am remembering all the times I think I messed up and then I'm, I'm fixing up my <laughs> things or occasionally when, when Brandon is in a 10 second mumble, then I'll, I'll clean that up. <laughs> I do that every so often. Ryan, 10, 10 second mumble or 10 second cutoff. Who knows? I think Ryan, you have favorite... pretty good speaking. I think you you're, think things out. I have well. done this for 1,034 podcasts. I better yeah, exactly. know what I'm doing. And I feel like I'm trying to improve, but it's so still difficult I, I will mention further that so so at work i actually um am, am the primary speaker of most of the teams i'm on mm. and when i applied to doherty and by applied i mean they found me somewhere in a hole um <laughs> they uh you know they asked me like oh, how do you like speaking and i'm like well i've recorded like 500 podcasts i think i'm okay yeah 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 
It's fun. I love talking. Yeah. Call me back in two months. <laughs> you won't then. What's going well, on in two months? Nothing. That's when the next show is. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> for those you know, 1.5 listeners who have made it this far into the episode... <laughs> Well, where can people find you guys on the internet? Well, you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on the Twitter at RandomR, and of course on my website, RandomRampersade.com, and also the Nexus.tv. You can find me just about everywhere, but especially on the Twitter at BrianMitchL, and on the Nexus.tv. I'm Ian Arbuck. You can find me on Twitter as Ian Arbuck, and my website, IanArbuck.com, and on the Nexus.tv. Have a good one. See you next year. Watch out for cars. Like, so... Cost doesn't matter. Not really, not anymore. Like, I can just buy one and it's fine. But the problem is, they all suck. Okay. So, ideally, it would... Welcome to the fringe. Okay, hold on. I gotta gotta do mine. There you go. Good old days. I hate this show. (laughs) (laughs) I messed up slurping and I, like, almost spit it out. (laughs) I messed up slurping. Now, there's a fringe title for the show. I don't even have Oh, fantastic. Yeah, wait, do we have... uh... Wait, I need to open up... We have docs. Yeah, we do. I just realized that we're all Brian Rampersad in here, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It happens more than you know to many people. I mean... And this is why Ian doesn't drink carbonated beverages. This is why I give it to him every time. (laughs) I think I think I'll actually promote this fringe on Twitter. (laughs) This is a pretty good fringe, I think. There's always something a little bit different about. um, Well, for one, Brandon isn't here, and I was about to say React isn't here. So there's that, (laughs) and then the other thing that's important is that we're all here in person, and so there's just in person helps a lot. It makes it more entertaining. Yeah. Also. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I bought trash bags on March 3rd. <laughs> That's oh, something that happened. Tune in next week to find out what I bought on Amazon this year. <laughs> That's uh, Meltdown Lake. <laughs> I, I, I crawl all day. <laughs> but all day are all capitalized. Just because I hit the caps lock <laughs> instead of the A. Yeah, you know, as long as I still have my food. And then the wild pack of Ian's will just come out running after them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've given it. Okay. okay, so I'm going to stop this. Bye, friend. Bye, friend. No one will probably ever hear this. If you yeah. do, please tweet at me and Ian or any or, or Ryan or the Nexus TV account. What's, I, their, what's their hashtag? Goodbye.